Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast with your host, Byron Rogers. This podcast is dedicated to the executive protection practitioner, the private security professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective executive protection agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect your children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family. I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time, you already know what I'm saying is true. So if that sounds interesting to you, Enjoy the show. Out. Boom. What's up, guys? In this podcast, we're going to talk about what it takes to get into the executive protection industry. I'm your host, Byron Rogers, and I'm here with Luke Agajanian. Woo! We're going to hang out, kick it back and forth, and um, help you guys answer the question that I get asked every single week at some point. So... Um, first little word to the sponsors, little thank you to the people that make, sorry, the people that, you know, believed in us, believe in me, believe in both of us. We both have some pretty good sponsors. Uh, PWS, those of you who can't see, I got my, got one of my AR pistols here. I got my Mark 107. It's a fantastic little, uh, backpack gun that, uh, just kind of folds up real nice. Got the lock folder on there. Um, and it's just a handy dandy little keep everything with me. Got my uh, Duke Defense uh, off angle sights on here, RTS ones. I've got the Surefire uh, 300 Ultra up in here. Um, and it's just one of those good things just to have with me, depending on what I'm doing in the private sector. I love this gun. Now you take that everywhere with you, huh? <laughs> like that, I don't see you without that gun. This really, really ever, man. has a tendency to be in the bag somewhere. It's just one of those things. Um, it just changes the battle space and it's a lot to have, a lot of punch to be able to pack and to be able to transport and have with you. So I love it. Now I'll, I'll say this, we, we Ooh, had a job this year. Yeah, go ahead. And we're basically, we had to have Rifles, yeah, and man, when you showed up with that thing, <laughs> we were all like, "What?" But yeah, eh. and <laughs> I wanted to hate on it, but then we took it to the range and started reaching out and doing yeah. some testing with it, and we have a range here that we can shoot at out to out to four fifty now mm-hmm. on paper, which is pretty awesome. But uh, man, yeah. see what that thing did. This little thing can hang, man, it was impressive. and it's ridiculously reliable, like. You remember how it was when everyone's trying to build a pistol? Oh, oh. Literally, it was just the most just guys upset at the range is the best way. <laughs> the most PG way I'm going to put it was just dudes, stuff not working, everyone mad, like upset. And this bad boy has not had an issue yet. Not, I mean, you know, by the grace of God, not one issue. So PWS with their piston system, you guys need to check that out. It is the evolution of the of the AR and just rifle industry. This is it's the smartest way. I love it, and I'm gonna be grabbing some new stuff from them. So stand by, stand by for that. Ugh. Yeah. So PWS, much love. 
jealous. You can go onto their website and you can use my code Byron, B-Y-R-O-N, uh, to purchase anything you want, except I think the things in the Canon room, because they're already like more discounted than my 10% that I get you. Um, and let's yeah. face it, if you're buying a Canon, like you just pay the full price. Yeah. <laughs> right. Do yeah. you need a discount code for a Canon? For, yeah. If you're purchasing a Canon. They, yeah. They, well, they have this. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a spot on the website where they have a lot of deals anyway. So yeah, um, I remember that range day that was hate and discontent. Yeah. Everybody throwing their, I was just sitting there smiling. Like, <laughs> this is cute. Yeah. Cause you had something that worked and this worked for me. And that yeah. was it. Um, so shout out to PWS, hit them up, get some good gear. Uh, shout out to Duke Defense. I got their stuff on my ARs. I got their stuff on one of my pistols. The mount that they throw in. The reason I like well, what's the mount that we're throwing on our uh, the uh, it's the the backup uh, or it's the uh... oh I suck. <laughs> yeah, I'll look it up right now. We'll look it up. But anyways, they got a mount that you can throw your optics on for your handguns. The cool thing about it is you don't have to drill into your uh, slide because. Hey, like, let's face it. Some of us spent a lot of money on getting nice slides and stuff built. We don't want to drill into them and, you know, change them and, you know, ruin the integrity of them and all this other stuff. So, uh, you can change it out, makes it more versatile as new optics come out. You can throw that optic on your pistol, uh, that new optic, that new cool cat's pajamas optic on there. And you don't have to worry about, you know, having to get new cuts on your slide. So that's why I love that. It's like their dovetail. It's called the RBU. RBU. Yeah, man. Get it. RBU. And, and it it's it's so good. And yeah. now there's law And it's got iron sights with it. Yeah, and locally we have law enforcement agencies that are actually starting to implement that into the entire sheriff's department. See. Which is amazing. See. So there's you know a lot of those older guys out there that are having eye issues. Right. And they're they're testing it out by like, here, try this. And then they're going and calling and they're like, oh, I can see. And you can co-witness because it has the iron sights already on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you have, like with us, you know, some of our, our jurisdiction for our CCWs, we can't modify anything. Yep. So it's like the no-brainer if you want to put an optic on your unmodified gun, like you can do that more yeah. easily. But we're not lawyers, so that's, you know, that's on you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, shout out to Surefire. They've been good to us. They're the only ones we get flashlights from. Their flashlights work. And if you flash yourself in the eye on accident when you first get your, it's like getting a getting a light from Surefire is like getting a new pocket knife. It's not yours till it draws blood. Like the light's not yours till it blinds you for five to ten minutes. <laughs> like it's just not until you flash yourself on accident. It's like really not your light. Yeah. Um, and then who else do we have? We have Sidekick Mounts. Love those guys. Coupon code there is Byron. Uh, all those cool videos you see me doing on uh, Instagram and Facebook. I'm using my Sidekick Mounts. Uh, I'm going to start doing some cool stuff with rails, as I was saying, too. Um, and I know there's more. Rogue American Apparel. Rogue. Rogue. Yes. You can't even say it like Rogue. Yeah, yeah, you got to be like. You have to get some basic voice. Rogue American Apparel. Just cool stuff. Cool American stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Whenever you see me do my videos in the morning, I'm like, boom, and I'm getting after it on the motivation tip. I'm rocking rogue. The, the hat's rogue. The, the shirt's rogue. When I'm at the range, I'm roguing it up, man. When I'm working, I'm wearing a button down. But <laughs> the rest of the time, I'm roguing it up because it's just cool stuff. And Black Rifle Coffee, my code works for both of those. 10% off. Byron, B-Y-R-O-N. Black Rifle Coffee. That's it. Yeah, man. It's like you're if you don't if you're a vet 
We were talking about this the other yeah. day. You're you wrong. Don't drink black rifle coffee. It's like you're wrong. You're wrong. Like you're, you're wrong. Just, you're like basically... do you love America? If yeah. you love America, and if you love vets, you better get up on some black rifle coffee. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm, I'm gonna apologize for my squeaky chair. Yeah, it's all good in the hood. And if uh, if you guys can see back here, this is this is Oma. That's, that's Oma. That's Oma. She's our bomb and bite dog. He's, he's so lazy right now. She's so tired from working. Like, what? No, There's don't get up. Right, ah, place. <laughs> she's like, yes, Dad. Mm-hmm. Um, she's our she's our mascot. She's call her the mascot. So today's topic, man. The topic you've all been waiting for, I think, because I get asked about it all the time. It's, it's kind of a weekly thing, huh? It is a weekly thing. It's like, like every, you just like, huh? Yeah, and I'm going to develop a product about it. I'm going to develop a digital product with information on this one topic um, to just kind of help folks because there are principles that can help you with this um, and there are tactics that can help you with this, but those tactics may vary based on your geographic location and your mm-hmm. zip code. Uh, but the principles are essentially really, you know, and it sounds like kind of a no brainer, but I get asked this question all the time. So, um, it's not a no brainer and there are, there are hacks and ways to make things better and and quicker and make you give you a higher probability of success when it comes to trying to get into the executive protection industry. Byron, (laughs) how do you get into the bodyguard, and they always start off with that. I mean, should we even start off with the term? I mean, we got to say something about we it. We have to say something because it's even today, we got sent a, a training thing, and the guy was like, you know, he's like former police officer, SWAT officer, which I was like, oh, this is the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then he's like, celebrity bodyguard. I'm like, oh, geez. Okay. Oh, and it's like, and I had to tell. I mean, this went out on blast to our whole team, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't know if I support this this person, but you know, you just kind of let them do what they do, and yeah, man. But Hopefully what, that's like the term bodyguard, like a lot of people, a lot of people in some ways, sometimes it's the easiest way to explain what you do. You know, well, it's you're using terms that the public understands. Yeah, is that movies in the movie in the eighties with Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston. <laughs> Shut your mouth by the movie. I love that movie. That movie is responsible for us having to wear suits way more often than we everywhere. Should. I he ruined it. For everybody. Everybody. God bless him. The movie was fantastic, but seriously, that movie has caused me more hate and discontent. Having to try to explain, and you can never own a ninja sword ever, or a samurai sword ever. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Will it cut a scarf? No, no. sword will cut a scarf, woman. <laughs> so there is. I mean, it depends on where you're from, the way you look at it, your understanding of it. I'm going to give you what I got on it. You know what I'm saying? And, and and if you guys have an opinion on this that you want us to like dial into and talk more about, hit me up and let me know. Uh, but this is the way I understand it from the dude who raised me in the industry and the school of thought I come from. Okay. I am an executive protection agent. There is a stark difference between executive protection agents and bodyguards executive protection agents are professionals they're thinkers they don't rely on bodyguard tactics a bodyguard is closer to and you know i'm sure that we're going to go to war with the trolls over this oh boy but my layman's understanding of it is like a bodyguard is closer to the public's understanding of it is like a step up from being a bouncer 
yeah, a lot of guys pride themselves on being a bodyguard, but the way I kind of have looked at it and, you know, the way that I kind of approach it is I'm not a bodyguard. I'm an executive protection agent. Um, my skills range far, far more than just protecting a body. I'm doing logistics. I'm paying attention to advances. I'm coordinating things with uh, uh, municipalities and other company, uh, police departments and federal you know, assets that we have. And I'm vetting people and I'm even doing like profiling and I'm doing all kinds of things. I'm an executive protection agent. I'm not just cons- being now the bodyguard, the close protection aspect is one compartment of what I do. So I use the term bodyguard whenever I'm explaining what I do to somebody who doesn't understand what I do and they need a term to help them make an association so that they can, you know, kind of grasp part of what, you know, we're capable of and what we do. So to me, if you just call, obviously I'm not going to get offended because I'm not, you know, a bigger man than that, but I'm just saying like a bodyguard is kind of like a layman's term for what we do. Yeah. There's executive protection agents and then there's bodyguards. And usually when I run into a bodyguard, he loves being called the bodyguard. <laughs> He's like, I'm a bodyguard. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, you are. Right. You. <clears throat> and it's okay. You know, Got to be who you are in this world, right? Just <laughs> I, I don't see anything wrong. Okay, well, kind of going off of what we talked about on the last episode, um, I learned so much from a guy who he straight up said to me, he's like, I'm the bodyguard. You're the agent. I was like, hmm. and this was a celebrity client, you, you know her, um, that I was with for a long time. This guy was with them 20 years, bro. Mm. 20 years with the same family. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't care what you're doing, whatever you're doing it is, right. you're doing you're it right. in it for 20 years. And we were on a trip. It was a, we were in London for six months Yeah, and he came with us. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I, I'd never worked with him. Yeah. He worked in another piece of property, mm-hmm. another part of the country. And we started off in New York mm-hmm. and this was a, a celebrity client who had paparazzi issues, mm-hmm. and uh, especially at the time. Now we ran things really, really good. Like they weren't time. stupid. Like they didn't want to be shot. So okay, we were able to do a lot of things set in place where we just shot really never had a problem. For all those people that have just got here, camera shot. Yeah, cameras, paparazzi. Um, we don't want to be. We don't mean literally, but we also mean that. And <laughs> I, I picked up so many little things from him like yeah. he he once he's like i was like oh, everybody's out back what do we do he's like all right check it out uh-huh. you're not a this this was a large man this yeah. was like no he was this, a bodyguard right? this dude was like <laughs> six foot four yeah 300 pounds moving people mo- he was a people mover man okay. he just was okay. a wall but yeah. he had that gray matter too man he was okay. smart you know he you understood his both, job man. and he comes to me he's like here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna stand outside there i know how to talk to these guys. Yeah. And he's like, all right, guys, here's what we're going to do. The car's going to pull up here. You know, the the person's going to walk out the door. Just Fine, make yeah. room. You guys get your, I'll step out of the way. You guys get your shots. He's out there setting this up. He's Meanwhile, working, working. I got the driver in the back and I take her through the kitchen. We get in the car and we bail. Boom. That's some good. And money. I was like, he's like, this is what we're going to And I'm like, what are we going to do? And he videoed the whole thing on his iPhone. It's fantastic. And I was just listening to what he said, yeah. how he handled them. He's like, all right, guys. Like, yeah. he just, he'd he played the game. He had been he there, done the that. Game. Yeah. And I picked up so many little, and I've used That's that ninja, trick, bro. Man. That's ninja. I have used that trick a few times now. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was, it was fantastic, you know? So, but he, he like said it. He's like, 
I'm a bodyguard. Yeah. You're the agent. Yeah. And, you know, you might be a bodyguard if you don't know what an advance is. You Get might him. be a bodyguard if you don't understand surveillance and counter surveillance. Get him. Yeah. You might be a bodyguard if you do not, on a monthly at least basis, um, participate in some type of combative. Okay. You might be a EP agent um, if you really, really good on a computer. You might yeah, be an EP agent and you're doing your report. If you know how to book travel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Real you tough. Know, like, you know? so there are there are differences. I don't think one's better than the other. And if you're smart and humble, like if I were to come in there and try to play, you know, big man in the room with that dude, got owned. I would have been owned. I would like a, that situation. Now we're working together instead of against each other. Yeah, that's fair. I would say, you know what I'd like to hear from? I would like to hear from a bodyguard that's listening. Hit me up, DM me, and I'd like to maybe talk with you and like really wrap my mind around the art of the bodyguard aspect of this game. Because I was raised in like, yo, you're an executive protection agent. These are all the things you're doing. I understand close protection. Um... And I can do it good, very well. But, man, I want to talk to some I think old the, head. The bodyguards like, understand how to be with a, a, a client who wants to be seen. That's Who true. has to be in a and situation. The and, and they're really good at people, that. And yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're, which they're we people, can do, but that's like, a part, that's like a small percentage. And they're more of a presence there so that person feels protected. So that person can do what they do. Looks protected. Yeah. And it isn't going to get rushed by people, isn't going to get approached inappropriately because I've seen paparazzi do some jacked up yeah, things trying to get to, to stars, like big mm -hmm. stars, you know, like a girl with her kid going to get a, a juice, yeah, like a Jamba Juice type place and just these two in her face and rude and everything. I was just like, oh, man. Yeah. And it's you know, significant so, to know how to work your paparazzi, man. That's... Yeah, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother like podcast right there. But if you're if you are a bodyguard and that's like your specialty, and you know, hit me up, uh, hit hit him up, and and I'd, I'd love Let's to have him on the show, it up, man. You yeah. know? Let's mix it up. Love to yeah. interview him. But um, uh, and this is so back to the original question here. Let's drop it. How do you get into executive protection? How do you get into executive? Okay, so like, hi, my name is. Um, Cornelius, Cornelius, and um, I just got out of the army, uh -huh. and I was in airborne. Uh -huh. Maybe so, I went to ranger school. Cool, cool. And cool. I don't really know what to do now. I yeah. did that for five years, and uh -huh. I'm going to do some school, but I want to make some extra money. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a nice guy. What, what What do I do to get started in executive protection? Go. This is the conversation. I'm be like, do you have your Do you have your permits? So take a look at your local laws with regards to working in the private security industry you need a guard card you need an exposed permit you know whatever it is get those first uh it'll take a little bit to get them so get that just get that ball rolling sometimes you're quick sometimes you're not now as a, as a company owner when somebody comes to you and they don't have those you're not like serious initially what do you like just right off you're not serious uh like literally i'm ending the conversation until i see you again with those I'm not investing any more time or thought in you. You know what I mean? Like now if like the situation with you, like I pick, like you pluck someone and you're like, yo, you would be really good at this. Why don't you go get your permits and get into private security? You know, that's another thing. But if someone comes to me like, Hey man, I've really been thinking about getting into it. 
you know, uh, what do I need to do? I'm like, first get your permits. That's a, that's where we start. The second thing is going to be, uh, take a look in the mirror and seriously ask yourself, would you pay you six figures to protect you? That's the second thing. And if the answer to that is is a wavery kind of weird answer, or if it's a no, you need to get honest about that. You need to change that. Find a way to change it. You know, get your get your martial arts on. You know, get your firearms training. Make sure you have yourself a full spectrum of training. You know, from hand it from, you know, from if I could if I could tell you how I would how I would think you should train for this job. Everything from psychology of social dynamics and pre pre attack indicators all the way up through your physical fitness into your martial arts and in through your firearms training, um, so that you have all those tools to deal with. Uh, anything that comes at you and with regards to emotional intelligence. Yeah, you might end up in an altercation that might cause you to make a stupid decision that can get you fired on the spot or lend your client liability or expose yourself to litigation. That can happen any day that you work in this job. So you need a sophisticated set of social dynamics and tools to be able to get through to navigate this realm. Because, you know, you end up in a weird spot with uh, civilians, with silly villains who are trying trying to catch some kind of case with you and your client yeah. once they know who your client is trying to get you to do something stupid hoping trying to get paid you know what i'm saying so i would tell you to prepare yourself for all that i would tell you to realize that this is a service related industry so to start to manage your expectations i would tell you to go read the 48 laws of power to understand a lot about the social dynamics but then the nitty-gritty things um i would after the permits i would also say the strategy is apply to every single security company in your area ask them hey do you guys do executive protection do you guys do close protection and do your research on who's doing it in your area and straight up apply to every single one of those companies because what you need to do is you need to build brand equity you need to build uh your own you need to build like people need to know who you are they need to know what you do they need to know the quality of the work that you do uh, and you need to build an army of disciples that's going to go find you work. And uh, you now the game's a lot different. It's easier to come up and get in the game because you have big companies, you know, like AS Solutions that are, are, are they, they have, you have a defined career path. You have all these tech companies that have a security department. Uh, you even have churches now that are starting to have a security department. Um, and so you can actually spend a couple decades in one organization if you do land uh, an opportunity like that. But uh, just to get started, if you don't have a military or law enforcement background, another way for you to get in is get in with security companies and start doing good work. Start doing good work and realize that every single time you work with or for someone, that person can become free advertising for you. If you do good by them, you're a solid dude to work with. Uh, that person now goes out into the world and as they are on their private security journey and the client or boss or hiring managers like, Hey, do you know any good dudes? I got to get three, four, five, six, seven, eight dudes on this detail by next Wednesday, uh, call cattle call time. And those cattle call times start going out and you start getting calls, man. This is how I built my executive protection brand. And I got on with like five or six different companies and I worked with dudes. I went the extra mile. I was solid. Uh, one of my mottos is do no harm. I never did, uh, ever did anything to harm or ruin anyone else's career. 
And I did good by everyone that by the grace of God, I wasn't put in any positions where I had to really dagger anybody and kept my nose clean. And dudes called me back and were like, hey, bro, you know, I had one scuffle, one kind of blemish on my like in my professional career, you know, which I felt like I made the right decision on. Um, But other than that, man, it was all pretty good. And people started calling me back. Your name gets around. And the next thing you know, you're working the best clients that these companies have to offer because you're the guy that's applying yourself. You're the guy who's working with a sense of personal pride. If I work for your company, I'm gonna do a good job, not because I'm working for your company and that excites me. I'm gonna do a good job because I'm Byron Rogers and that's the type of work I do. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna show up there and be like, Byron Rogers is here. You know, my shoes are gonna be polished and I'm gonna have my nails clipped and everything's gonna be dressed right, dressed and squared away because I take personal pride in myself. And those are the types of people people are looking for to represent their brands and represent their companies. You know, realize that you're going to be representing your client. Your client's going to look at you and say, do I want this guy representing me when he's when I'm walking around trying to, you know, interface with people that are important to me, do business deals, uh, be shot by paparazzi. Like, do I want this goon walking around with me? So, you know, really, there's a lot that goes into the uh, vanity of the industry. Um, Do you look like you can protect your client? That's huge because that's deterrence. It's like one of your you know, minds of defense. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to plan things, but then there's going to be moments when the only thing standing between you, your, your client and embarrassment or, uh, the inconvenience of having to deal with something that they don't want to have to deal with because they're in a hurry, uh, is your deterrence, your ability to deter and your ability to position them, uh, in the room and yourself. So those are kind of the primary considerations. Once you get on with those companies, turn everyone you meet into, free advertising of, Hey dude, I work with this one guy. He's really good. Let's give him a call and, um, chase the pager, man. That's kind of my, yeah. And I'll, I'll, man, I've been doing this now coming up on, well, 20 years. And just to give you guys a, a tad bit of a history lesson. And then I, I want you to kind of dive into this a bit more. <clears throat> when I started off, I was brought in by somebody. It was really just That's dumb luck. That's how I was brought, you yeah, know? You be and, brought in. And things have changed a lot in this last like yeah. six, seven years, I'd say. Yeah. Where there are companies out there, like for me, the first company that I heard about doing this um, was Gavin DeBeckers. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I remember our, our mutual friend, Mike, and he came to, he was working with, with you at the time. And he, he came to me and was just like, hey, have you heard of this? What do you know about this? And I was like, I was like, I've never heard anything like that. And what, what Gavin did was he had like an academy. Like first you had to go through a hiring process, a background check. Um, and you, they, they did a drug test on you. You couldn't be a smoker. There's yeah, like all this stuff that they, that, bro. That they had like before you even bro. get in the door. They went through all this stuff, which I thought was great because at the time companies were just looking for bodies for good for news. a lot of stuff, yeah. and it watered down the industry. The, the industry a lot. And the people that lasted were the people that kind of just did good work and, and stayed responsible. But when I heard that from him, I was like, "Man, I don't know anything about it, but I can tell you that sounds awesome." Yeah, like. You can just go and, and, and they and went through work an academy and, the client, and then yeah. it's kind of their responsibility. Yeah. Like, okay, you're good to go. You've been through our academy. We know, you know, the basics of what we need you to know. Yeah. Um, we're going to start you off here and you might start on a property detail. Yeah. And it's, it was decent money. Like I think Mike started off up North. He had, he had to move and everything, but it mm-hmm. was 
a, a full-on, full-time job. Straight up detail. I think he had benefits, I want to say, or something like that, too. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. And now he's risen through the ranks there where he's... He's got some... He's, yeah. he's a pretty, you know, well-kept guy amongst yeah. that company now. And, yeah. and he's 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 kind of a boss. Yeah, and he gets to work some really great things. Um, you know, I know uh, our mutual friend, Aaron, um, is doing amazing things at the training AS Solutions. Yep. And I know I don't know everything about it. You probably have more knowledge of it than I. I just kind of know the little tidbits Aaron's told me, but yeah. AS Solutions is kind of doing the same thing. They have like a property, you know, specific training course and then they have um, you know, executive protection training courses, drivers training courses that they're putting, they're traveling around in this team and putting <clears throat> their hirees that have a good background and, and kind of through you know, training, which got I've all those heard. things, and they put them through that training. And yeah. I think, I mean, to me, it briefs great. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Proprietary and training. for a large majority of the work out there, I think that's that's fantastic. Yeah, you know? man. Because you got to think too, if you're coming into this game with no executive protection specific training, step into a big company that's going to take on training you is huge because you know they don't have to lean so much on your background. They don't have to lean so much on, you know, the military or law enforcement background. They can actually take a guy off the street who's a civilian, turn him into an EP agent, and you can have a career with them. So, I mean, it's a career path that I'm not too familiar with, but I've heard that they're taking just average Joes and, hey, I want to be an executive protection agent is like a thing now. Like, you can just step in with one of these big companies and you can just And uh, there's still guys, you know, getting dropped and... Yeah. There's guys that's like, hey, this isn't for you. You're not yeah. gonna work out, you know. And that's a man. That's great for that individual who didn't have to waste a lot of time or money. Yeah. Deciding whether or not this was something that he could do. Yeah. For me, I was able to go through some amazing academies and trainings that were offered at the time, but mm -hmm. you know, with with some big shops. But the only place that helped me in was overseas work. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. You know, because I'm not going to be walking a box diamond in, in West Hollywood. Nope. I'm going to be in WeHo by myself. Yep. I'm Maybe be, have another guy. Yeah. Maybe if Maybe. I'm lucky. If you're lucky. If get you one more guy. It. Yeah. And to move the car. If there's like a legit threat, oh, what would he do? I got three now. Yeah. You know, and a driver maybe. And we're still not doing those formations 90% of the time unless no. we're in like in a situation dictating. Yeah. You're just, you're just kind of flowing. But... I don't think any of that prepared me for the LA work that I did, which is what yeah. kept me afloat between yeah. the overseas stuff and that's, or out of country stuff. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I saw. Like, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I haven't gone to a lot of courses, but the stuff that guys are bringing back to me, um, I am perceiving that a lot of it's around state department type of training and a lot of what you're going to do, depending on where you land in the industry might be one to two man team stuff. Um, and that's another thing I want to develop a product about just, and I'm going to get some of the guru, some of the gurus and guys I know have good knowledge to download on that product. One to two man, small unit tactics, man, because that's really, I mean, that's the bulk of what I've been doing all around the world. You know, I've never, I haven't really been on the, I've been on the 13 man teams. I have, you know, and, but 90% of it was one to two men, four guys, maybe six guys. If I have a number of like Royals with me, or seven clients, you know what I mean? But all of us active at the same time, man, that's Christmas. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, you and I, just, before we sh shot this podcast, we what did we do? We just practiced 
clearing a building that we, we work in this building we're in right now. And it is our job to know where every chair is, where every desk is, every how every room. door opens, every room, room inside of the rooms. And this, this place is, you know, it's, wow. it's vast, but it's our, it's our job to know it. Yeah. And we're doing that as, as a two man team and, and, and working that together and working through these problems together, because that's what ultimately we're going to have. Even if we have a bunch of guys, you know, we're not training with those guys all the time. Yeah. And we don't know how they're going to respond. So we feel more comfortable doing it together. So yeah. that's what we did, you know, and well, you can and do that when that you get on something. If they were, I mean, they're volunteers too. Like if they were our guys, guys, we would, if they yeah. were like our, our, our guys, we would have them. It's know? a bit different. I understand yeah. that. But, um, what, um, you know, so, okay. You're in the industry. Let's, let's, let's take it from a different place where, what if you don't? You know the guy. Back? The guy coming from you know sort of. We talked about this last podcast too. Not everybody's going to come from that mill le background. Yeah. Maybe that guy's you know he's working the the estate job or maybe he's he's working at a bank as like a mm-hmm. uniformed you know more of a uniformed armed presence type guy. And you want to step you know that paycheck up, up. You know like okay I I, I did okay. the work I got maybe I got my CCW now. Yeah. Which a lot of this work is CCW based. Yeah. Obviously. And it depends um, on your demographic. Go ahead. Yeah. So. What do you tell those guys to be able to kind of take that next step up? I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll start it off and just say one of the first things I tell people is go to the company you're working for and let it be known that, you that you're this. looking to further your skill set for career. them. Yeah. You know, yeah. like what do I need to have? Is there trainings that you specifically respect? Because yeah. I can go to a training. Oh, like we've talked about. Shout out to uh, Max Joseph. Yeah. TF. Uh, yeah, TFCT. I, wow. I, I I don't know you, bro, but I know you, and I think yeah. it's the same. You know a lot of people I know as yeah. well. Um, but if somebody comes to me and goes, I went through this course with Max Joseph, I'm going to go, oh, okay, heard some great things. Yeah. A plus. If you come to me with, you know, when I was in Kansas, I went through Bob Taylor's tactical executive protection, protection force, force mega ninja training. I'm going to look at you and be like, I don't care. This means it means nothing. absolutely nothing to me because I don't understand what mm-hmm. that guy's teaching. You I'm know, like, put this car seat in the car right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but and especially that. on the private side, like there's trainings within the military and government that you can receive that kind of teach that broad state department kind of, yeah. you know, protection standards, so to speak. Yeah. But for the most part, a civilian's not going to have access to that. Right. You know, so what do you tell that guy who wants to take that career to the next level. Yeah, man. If you're such, a, if you're, if you're kind of been doing the square badge thing and maybe you don't have the background, but you're trying to climb, uh, the first thing I'm going to have to say to you is make sure you stand out. Like if someone's grabbing us in and out, bro, get me a three by three protein stuff. <laughs> but anyways, make sure you stand out. Uh, you need to beat out everyone around you in terms of productivity, intelligence, you need to have a look, you need to be, make it extremely obvious that you're going to the next level and either this company that you work for is going to benefit from you taking your skill set and your career that way by giving you work or you're going to find some work somewhere else. Um, so that's the first thing, man, like separate yourself from the, from the pack by outperforming them, uh, going extra miles, five, 10 extra miles, like be that guy. You let them hate you because you draw such a stark difference between the quality of work you're doing and they're doing. Don't be a blue falcon. 
Don't throw guys under the bus. What's a blue falcon? Uh, What's a blue falcon? Uh, a Bravo Foxtrot. <laughs> Don't What's stab other Foxtrot? people in the back. I'm trying not to cuss on this podcast. No! <laughs> a buddy backstabber. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. you know, it's a military term. It's not quite PG-13. But anyways. Don't be a blue falcon. Don't stab people in the back. Google blue falcon. So, <laughs> don't be a blue falcon and don't stab your guys in the back. But seriously, you need to make it obvious to your employer and to any clientele around there that you are that guy who's going places. So, that's the first thing. Let everyone know. Make yourself stand out. Be better than everybody else. Don't apologize for it. But still, hey, teamwork makes a dream work. Um, oh, I just Googled Blue Falcon and Wikipedia has a full... It dropped it? That's what's <laughs> Plural. Like. Blue Falcons. <laughs> they exist. Uh, so oh, wow. hammer that out. And then I would say ask around. You know, your low, go apply to all those executive protection courses. And when you apply, not courses, but companies and talk to, you know, employers and talk to managers and say, hey, what would you guys really like to see from me in order to make myself more attractive to you? And do your research and find out what courses they respect, what types of courses they respect, what they're looking for in your background. Find out what it is that would make you more attractive to those employers and do that, you know, Um, because what we may look for here and what we may see here may not be what those employers specifically find attractive. Those employers may not even know the game. They might want to see that you went to Bob Taylor's force on force executive protection. Like maybe Bob Taylor's the dude in your, in in your area, you know? So you got to really make yourself marketable within the kind of demographics of your employers. Really. Um, that's kind of the main thing because they might want a certain type of guy to put with a certain type of client that they have out there. So that would be kind of my next advice. (coughs) And then I kind of find myself back to the other thing is like, look yourself in the mirror and be like, would you pay you six figures to protect you? Not knowing anything about you because your enemy's not going to know anything about you. Would, how would you feel if you were an employer and you had to take your resume and your picture to a client and say, all right, these are the guys I got for you. I got Byron Raj, I got Luke Agjanian, you know, this is Byron, this is his background, this is why I believe he can protect you. These are the types of things he's worked. This is his experience. And that's why you'll be in good hands with him on the daily. I got Luke Agajanian. This is his background. Blah, 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 blah. You know, like your, your, you know, your client sell you. To you know, on, on that event, I had uh, for one of the companies we both worked for, when they would introduce me, they didn't even go into a lot of the cooler background things I had. Mm-hmm. They were just like, some clients want to know. He's been working don't. for us this long and he's, yeah. he's good. He's like, they only talk about what it pertains to that client. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was really interesting here. It, yeah. because they just don't care what military LED yeah. or whatever you do. They might not understand any of it. Yeah, they, they just don't you care. Um, you know, uh, talk a little bit about, you know, we had an individual come and work for us. Yeah. And you and I, there was something like we knew right away, like this kid won't be here long. And it was a, it was a uniform job we hired him for. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uniform exposed. And, and now... The kids up in the Bay Area on yeah. a legit, you know, tech team. Yeah. And it's like we saw it in him right away. Like instantly. He's we're not gonna magic eye. We don't have a place for him here. Yeah. Um, but man, he like he's not gonna be here long. Yeah. And you know? and, and we're gonna make sure he goes somewhere. Yeah. And that's what we did. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> now guess what? What if you and I end up in a bad spot in five guess years or whatever? What? Next yeah. thing we know, we're calling him going. 
And that is the way this industry works. And he bro. appreciates that. You yeah. Know? I anytime I can hook somebody up with some nasty detail that I know is floating around in the in the industry, I'm doing it. Wanna know why? Because when I need to eat, if something's happening, I know I can hit that dude up and be like, yo, 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 how you eating? You got room for your boy. And they, you know, if you if you help them get their foot in the door, yo, they're gonna be the guy that's gonna be like, no, we need to hire this guy. And that that is something that we've all used to swing from detail to detail. And really what ends up happening is your brand equity, the job you do makes, like in the Bible it says, your gift will make room for you. Your gift will make room for you because your boy knows you're good. You hooked him up with a job. Well, it's just like the natural evolution of things. Now, what did you, because I, I didn't hire him. Oh, you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. hired him. Yeah. And let me get back. We, we've it. worked together a long time, but what was it that like, I only see what, how, what little I saw of him. Mm-hmm. It was more like, <clears throat> is Byron good with him? Yeah. If Byron says he's good, then he's good. Yeah. Like in my book, that's, I don't have time to worry yeah. about and that's that whole side of like, it. And those, all those employees, good? you sure, but oh, done. it yeah. was, what did you specifically see in him right away off the bat? Go from the interview to mm-hmm. the work product he served and then how he left us as well. Well, this kind of drops into a few different things because courses, when you go to courses, you are interviewing. They, the people you're around may not realize it. It's just like going to a a new security detail. The people you're around may not realize it, but you're seeding, you're planting seeds in their psychology of the type of guy you are, the type of work you do, your capabilities, all of it. So, you know, I met him at a course. I'm just calling him Anthony. I met Anthony at a course. Seriously? Yeah, I, didn't I know met that. him at Max Joseph's uh, EP course. I did not know. I never knew. Yeah, that. Okay. one of the companies that we were at, they you know they sent out the mailer. Hey, there's this course going down. You guys want to hop on it? And pertaining to that, the company was like, we respect this course. Yeah, and we encourage you guys to go to it. Yeah, and yeah, that means a lot. We from that company. That's that's. So we're like, okay, cool. And then you realize it improves your chances of getting higher quality work from them if they see you investing in yourself. Mm-hmm. It's another thing, let your employer see you invest in yourself. Let, pay for some good courses. Yeah, I mean, let them see you do that. You know, That's why you're gonna ask them, hey, what types of courses, what types of training would make me more attractive to you? Why, right now, why wouldn't you put me on a, on a protection detail or a close protection detail? Is there a reason you would not put me on? And stand by for some straight up info. If they're, you know, good, if they're a good employer, they're gonna tell you. Um, so I met him, I met Anthony at a course and I just watched him and he, he was that young guy that was, he, he was respectful. He, he was physically capable. I looked at him, I said, he's a force to be reckoned with. That's what's up, um, physically. Uh, he was respectful. He wasn't ego. He wasn't an egomaniac. He had, he was capable. He's probably one of the most physically fit dudes in the course, youngest dude in the course, but respectful, man, this default respect thing can take you so far in life. If you can figure it out. Oh my gosh. I'm still um, working on it. <laughs> no, but you're, you're right. It really can. Such a huge, it's huge dude. Um, and he was respectful. He was capable. He made some little stupid mistakes here and there, but he was able to bounce back. Um, and so really what I saw in him instantly was character that could take him really far. Mm-hmm. He had the physical component and he had character that could take him really far. If he was a hot shot uh, and he had an ego, then I would have been 
I just wouldn't do that with none of that would have happened. And, um, you know, he was like kind of not taking credit for things that he was contributing to. He was so really what made him stand out was honestly his humility, his character, um, and the fact that he had it together physically. And I was like, this is a good dude. And then obviously he's a Marine. So he's got the Marine Corps engine in him, which that's a good engine. Uh, so, uh, you know, we spoke the same language, you know what I'm saying? Like we could go ahead and get hard and it was all good. You know, no one's getting offended by anything. So, you know, those were the things that let me know that I, and, 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 and there were times in our relationship when I brought him on to work with me where, you know, I had to, you know, bring some type of correction and be like, Hey bro, like you made this mistake in making this mistake. This is how you should deal with it better. You know, like for example, uh, yeah, I believe it was in, he was late a number of times and like, I know that he didn't like, I, I could tell he wasn't like taking it for granted, but he didn't really apologize verbally. You know what I mean? I think he was just flustered and was trying to get to his spot and he was driving like two hours. He was doing the, he was working with, he was working with me because he could feel that it was a good relationship and something good was going to happen kind of more. And you'll do that in this industry. There'll be some jobs that you'll go on where you're literally just working because of the relationship value. But let me tell you something, everything that comes in and out of your life, good and bad is going to come through a relationship. It's going to, it's going to come through a relationship. And so what I would say in this industry is value relationships over paychecks straight up get this value relationships over paychecks when in doubt you know if there's a like a money thing don't touch the money contribute to the relationship if it's like an hours thing should you round up or round down round down contribute to the relationship the trust equity that you're going to build in that relationship is going to take you so much farther because what you have with your employer you have an employment situation but really what you have is a relationship and that relationship is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars if you respect it and deal with it properly. So, you know, uh, there were times when I had to kind of be, I had to be that guy to be like, Hey bro, you showed up late a couple times and I don't remember you apologizing for it or anything. Um, and I don't remember you, uh, saying anything to the other guys who've been waiting here for you to get here in order to, uh, get off post. You know, mm -hmm. so my advice to you, and I'm only giving you this advice because I actually, you know, you got the magic eye, Hoyt. Yeah, you know I'm saying because I actually care about you is that if you're ever late, this is how I think you should deal with it because <coughs> this is what I've seen help me be successful. The second you walk in that door, the second you walk in that door, you say, hey, I am so sorry that I'm late and you don't offer any excuses. I don't care if actual grasshoppers actually got machine guns out and attacked the freeway because guess what especially in the private security industry where you're actually supposed to be planning you're actually supposed to be thinking ahead listen the traffic that's something that stops civilians from getting to work on time good to go you show up to a security detail late your client's gonna leave you because billionaires and millionaires don't got time to sit around and wait for joe schmoke security dude to be late to their meeting where they might be making a deal that's gonna that's that's gonna that's worth more than the salary that you'll ever make in your entire life so don't think you're so important um to be late for any reason ever i, I had a, details i had to drive two and a half hours for every yeah. single day yeah I, <laughs> have, I have a great story for that my 
I was 26 years old you know. and I got... I, wait, 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 let me, let me just finish, go finish ahead, with go this ahead. dude. So I gave him that correction. He handled it with the right heart, the right attitude. He fixed himself. And when you get correct, I mean, when it, when it's a man giving you that correction, when it's a responsible adult person, it's done. The second we get done speaking about it, boom, you do have to repair your reputation with regards to the things that you do after that to prove that you're the man that you, that you allude to be on a daily basis. But you know, he handled it well. And that also showed me his character because it was a moment in our relationship where I was like, okay, if I put my name on this cat, cause that's always what we're thinking about, right? If I put my name on this cat and I send him somewhere. He's going to do the same thing. We got to get this hammered out before, you know, I send him downstream with my name on him. So, yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. so if he can't handle this and he can't handle any kind of correction, then, you know, I can't, I don't know if I can, I can put my stamp on this dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I was working for, you know, this amazing shop and they, I just got back from, um, I was down South actually. And, uh, they hit me up this, this job. Hey, you're going to work. And we were, we were working for a Fortune 50 CEO and uh, president, the company. And the CEO was like kind of the big face, big dog. President was sort of more like a COO type guy. Mm -hmm. And I was on him. Uh, The detail leader, the person who was on the one guy, was like a mentor to me. I mean, this guy was like this. A really great. I learned so much from him, you Mm -hmm. know. Really one of those guys that took me under his wing when I was younger and, and just helped me out a lot. He had we, he had to fly out of LAX to Vegas. I, it, I had advanced um, with actually the director of operations from the company who came in on the detail. Cause this was a, a, a good job, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we were advancing in Vegas and I remember waking up to a phone call early in the morning and it was basically like, hey, um, you're now the detail leader. Uh, I was like, wait, what? And then uh, what happened? And, you know, the the guy basically was late, missed the flight, and it's now on you. And that's EP. I was like... That's real EP stuff right there. And I called the guy, and the guy was so gracious and nice about it. He was just like, Luke, you got this? You know, I messed up. I'm like, what happened? He's like... A crane fell on the 405 freeway. A crane fell. I like saw it on the news too. Later, I was like, "That's a crane in the middle of the like." He's and he's he's like, "I've been outside my car for the last two hours. I can't do anything about this." And fast forward, you know, still working the client. Fast forward two weeks later, and I'd gone to Europe with the client, and um, he looked at me and he asked me, "He's like, hey, how's you know so and so?" I was like. And the company had moved him. You know, he's a great guy, great reputation. He can bounce. You can bounce back when you have a good rep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and the, the company just put him on another it. job, yeah. and he was he was good to go. Yeah. Um, you know, I said, oh, he's 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 on another job right now, sir. He's doing great. He's like, tell him I said hi. Yeah. I was like, solid. I was like, that means a lot. With all due respect, what what made you decide to to let him go and switch back to me? And he like, he just looked at me and he was like, I don't care what happened. Was his time more important than mine? That's the and game. like, that stuck with me for a That's long the game, time. Man. Man. And That's and the game, And the guy still has respect for him, still held him in high regard. Yep. Yep. That's a CEO of a yep. dude he only knew like a month and he's wondering how he's doing. He yep. took the time to ask me how that individual was doing. Yeah. And, you know, he... 
he just wanted to know. But at the end of the day, he was like, you're not working for me ever again. Yeah. Because it was, it was a big deal to him. He yeah. ended up, that guy ended up late to his flight. We had to push somebody else that was already in the area over to Clean him frog. Yeah. to get him to the, to the plane and get him out to us on time. And, yeah. you know, there was a legit threats on the guy. So no, he couldn't just move, you yeah. know? Um, and so it, it was like he could drive himself to the airport pretty much, you know? Uh, so it, it was what it was yeah. and it broke my heart, but it, it, it taught me that lesson. That's like it doesn't matter what happens. It's still your fault. Yep, <laughs> even if, it, even if it's not your fault, it's still your fault. Absolutely. Like if your employer asks you like, why are you late? That's different. But if you're late, I'm late. I failed. I apologize. Do everything I can and not let it happen again. Won't so happen again. I want to touch on, on on one more level step up. Let's say hi. My name is um, Geronimo, and I am a uh, I'm a retired police officer. Yeah, and I've got the CCW stuff, and I've been working the basic kind of you know I get called for the parties and for the red carpet event stuff and yeah. I get to maybe <clears throat> work this client for a small trip or when maybe a royal for a month or two or something like puts that. Me on but politicians and- I want to step up to that level with the company where I get put on something that is going to be a second career for me. You know, those guys that they already have the CCW and they're making the CCW pay. And for y'all out there, there is, there is a pay structure that's, that's in place. That's kind of, especially in our zip code, that's kind of set at least here in the Southern California area. And I'm sure in most metropolitan cities, because I've heard this with friends of ours from New York and Mm -hmm. Miami, Dallas as well. Um, you know, there's, there's a uniform pay, pay grade. There's a uniformed exposed pay grade and then yeah. there's a concealed weapons yeah, pay grade plain clothes and you know <clears throat> there's that kind of it is good money for the hours spent yeah. especially you you really make your money in that in overtime you know out here a lot of us are working it's it's pretty common to have 12 hour shifts I had a job for two years where it was five days a week 12 hour shifts yeah that's just what I did yeah you know Monday through Friday and I had weekends off and the weekend team came in and then the weekday team came in I was part of that team and uh you know so it's it's real common but like how do you get from being the guy they call for the random little things that companies get you know I got a party I got this to being the guy that and you have details that are you know full-time guys you Mm -hmm. I just met one of your (laughs) full-time guys the other day what is it that sets those guys apart from being you're a part-time guy call from time to time and yeah you can make a career at it you can make a living at it but it's not really solid it's it's always up and down to being the guy that you call for the full-time position like what sets those guys in that pay scale apart man it's not what you think it is I don't think like it's not what people think it is you know like it's not Oh, this is a, how do I say this in a way? It's not like if I'm thinking of a full time guy that I want on a client, like really what I'm looking for is the type of person that's going to be able to have the flexibility uh, that's going to be able to one, the client's the primary consideration. You know what I mean? Like who's going to mesh well with this client? You know, what personalities are going to mesh well with this client? Um but it's really what I'm looking for is a guy who's got a high degree of social intelligence, a guy who's going to be able to 
be with that client and flow with all of the uh, little cool things and not so cool things. Is he going to be durable enough to get the calls in the middle of the night and make moves at, yeah. you know, when things need to be done? Is he going to be durable enough to go and do all the different weird things that need to be done? So like you could have a career in law enforcement and then, and be one of my guys that I call every once in a while. And when I call guys, something happens. Like there's dudes I call that are ready to make a play that literally I'll call them and they'll be like, what do you need? Boom. Yeah. And they'll move heaven and earth and they'll get there and they'll get that on that detail and they'll, they'll make that happen. And I, and it was really valuable to me when I was able to listen to guys that I interview and talk to and try and put, give work to. And I realized what type of guy I was, you know what I mean? What type of guy we were, you know, me and the other home, like our kind of close group, you know, and realized, man, my employers really probably really enjoyed having me because they knew that if they had a need, I would make it work I'd make it happen and that's why I got called a lot you know um, and there's other guys you call that are like well you know what's the pay you know what's the hours and they're asking you all these like they're grilling you about little things um, because the paycheck's more important than the okay, relationship okay stop if you call me if I call you for work like hey I've got a job and you start- and you come to me <laughs> and you start questioning me and what my team does, and oh, the best was remember the guy who was like, oh, he started questioning our tactics. I'm like, are you have a nice day? Are you, there's can, yeah, like I'm there's like, certain specific cool, questions cool. I expect Click. an intelligent agent to ask. You know what I mean? Like, like time, dress code, what's the threat level? Threat like, what levels, am I dealing with? Basic, know? basic stuff. But if you call me <laughs> and you start saying things and questioning me. Like with inappropriate questions or start questioning my team or the company or the way we do things, I'm instantly going to hang up the phone on you and delete your number from my file and never talk to you again. Because at least for me and and, and for what I'm doing right now, I, I can be picky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't I don't need to I don't need bodies. I don't need that. I need the right guys, not lots of guys. Yeah. You know, and and I got a hundred other dudes that would love to be working with this team and and have the opportunity. So it's not a thing, but man, the, the guys that call in and do that. Yeah. You know how hungry I was to get on jobs. So like, you know, my employer tosses me something. I'm all over it. I'm going to do them a solid. I'm going to get the work. I'm going to get the experience. I'm going to put on my resume. Yeah. I mean, or I won't put on, I'm just going to get it. I'm going to go. And and I mean, don't, don't be so humble that you're just not, like I need to know some information, like what you're doing, the training you're doing, where you come from. But I don't need, I don't need to be over, you know, like I don't need you to upsell yourself, you know. And I sure as heck don't need to be talked down to. Like, well, uh, what are you guys doing? What are you offering me? That you remember the guy that Which called guy? you about the job oh. here. Come on with it, bro. Yeah. Just go ahead. I'll just leave it there. I was talking just... to this dude. I was like looking for guys and I was calling guys. And this guy got in an argument with me about some security license thing issue. And I was like, am I having this conversation with you right now? Like I like like and I'm I'm you know, I don't want to say like I'm pretty gracious actually. Like I'm very non-confrontational. 
So I'm I think afraid. I got more mad than yeah. you did. I was, I, he frustrated me by the time I got to <laughs> talk with him because he was so legalistic and so like, oh, well, you need to do it this way and you guys need to do it that way. And I was just kind of like, bro, I'm trying to get you work. I have all my things in order. I know that because I've been in the industry for 10 years and I have a huge corporation behind me making sure all of this is perfect. Do you want to come in for an interview or not? And he was just like, well, you guys need to do it this way because I just took, uh, I'm studying for my this and my that and I learned some new things and I need to tell you about them. And I was just like, okay, cool. Uh, thanks. And he, like, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you gotta have your ego in check and you gotta be humble and you gotta be, there's a certain spot where you're in where you need to be hungry. You know, like when I got called for work, especially when I was coming up in the EP game, like I was getting on that work. Like I was going to, I was working and I was, you know, I was making moves and I was doing favors and, you know, that was always my approach. And unfortunately, I don't see a lot of guys like that out there. A lot of guys I talk to are kind of like, okay, well, you know, like just lackadaisical, haphazardy, kind of like entitled about it. And, um, and I they, find that to be... And they don't get work, do they? And they don't. No. I just they like, don't. You, you I see politely them. get off the phone with them and they're just like home with their families and like, yeah, I'm doing the family thing. I'm like, cool. Do it. That's what's up. Enjoy. You know, because this, this industry can be hard on that too. You know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's kind of my thoughts on that. Okay. Um, yeah, well, I, I guess to make give you a more succinct answer, uh, you know, if you are coming from a... A, a good background and you're looking to really get into the industry, I would say approach it as an empty cup. Realize that you do have a career. Some things in your career will help you. Some things in your career will hurt you with regards to what you are trying to do in executive protection. So show up to your detail and to your employer and say, look, man, empty cup, humble. And because the reality of EP is what was right at your last detail ain't going to be probably right at this new detail. And so like you have EP executive protection principles that you can implement on various details, but then you have executive protection <laughs> tactics that literally change every single client that you have. Then the client changes what they want every single month. So it's like learning in dog years. You leave a detail and come back three months later, everything's different half the time. Some of them, you know what I mean? So really kind of approaching it with, you know, having an empty cup and being like, Hey, I'm here to learn this game because executive protection it does have its own finesse that it requires. It does have its own, it's its own art form. There's a company, large company called the Steel Foundation and they had, I forgot his exact position, but it was a, it was a pretty high up guy. His name was Curian Fitzgibbons. And some of you guys out there might know him or remember him. Um, I heard he's still doing great things up in the Bay Area right now. Okay. Um, fen, you know, one of those guys you meet and just instantly you respect him. Mm -hmm. um, and he's polite and he's professional and he, he was a great person to work for. I got to work for him um, a lot. He was one of the first guys at a young age that put me into a supervisor role within that company. Um, Kyrian wrote up uh, this thing on their website that was basically like kind of like a are you right for executive protection. Right. And what he had said was like there is, there is nothing out there. There is no job out there that prepares you for this job. That's the truth. And I, I think maybe the closest thing to it could be, you know, could maybe be the Secret Service. But, mm -hmm. you know, what I've seen in my experience working with the Secret Service, and these are amazing individuals, okay? So I'm not talking down on them at all. These guys are, they're, they're going to come at you probably with a background before the Secret Service. Um, 
Mm-hmm. The Secret Service does not hire slouches. They're hiring America's best. Line. You know, these are intellectual, intelligent individuals. Um, they're professional. They're smart. They're trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, all the things that, that would make a great EP agent. Where I see, but even with them, where I would see them fall short is is the social dynamic is is a bit different. A, a Secret Service guy walks into a hotel, for example, and he says. Hi, I need X, Y, and Z. Okay, mm-hmm. even if you're on, I've got a badge. You know, if you're on a, a diplomat detail or something like, not the president. Obviously, the president is a completely different thing. But it's like I worked for the president for you know ten years. Okay, well, guess what? Now you're by yourself, and you're not telling people what to do. You're asking them what yeah. if they can do this for you. That front desk person is like your agent is your client. For yeah, that five or ten minutes exactly, right and you know a. a being a Navy SEAL is not going to make you great for this. Being mm-hmm. Special Forces isn't going to make you great at this. Being a SWAT guy or a martial artist isn't going to make you great at this. Mm-hmm. It is its own job. It is its own career. Yes, those things and those attributes are things that we can look at because like, okay, that means you can take a hit. He can take a punch. He can do this, that, and the yeah, other thing. But, but it's, it's still not everything. And you and I both know no. a lot of people that died that we thought were going to be fantastic. Like, you know, yeah, guys that just axed. died in this industry and got axed yeah. from multiple jobs, and not just one, you know, just didn't yeah. work out for them. So it, it's, you have to come to it in a, in, with that type of mindset, yeah. knowing that like I, this is a new world. This yeah. is something I don't understand and I need to have a better understanding of. And if you, if you look at it like that, I think you can be, you know, successful Couldn't be. in it. But, uh, and, you know, the the other thing I, I look for and I kind of going back to that last question I asked you with the how do you take that step up? For me, I think the biggest thing is is your social skills. Yeah. The social dynamics. Like, yeah, there's a lot of dudes with the trainings. There's a lot of there's a lot of people out there who can do a lot of those things or at least have it on paper. Yeah. You know, but are are you somebody who can get along with a client for a long period of time? A long period of time. Are In you, close quarters. Are you trustworthy? Yeah. Like that doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah. I have been in situations where yeah. I've had suitcases full of cash. I've had suitcases full of cash. And yeah. next thing I know, an auditor from the corporation comes in and goes, I need to count your less cash. I'm doing an audit on you and your team. <laughs> I was like, <clears throat> you know. Are all my ducks in a row? Like, yeah. And, and all these checking is, gross. are you are you skimming? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. did you throw a hundred to that guy? But you said Didn't you threw a hundred to that guy, but maybe you threw him twenty and, and yeah. pocketed eighty. Yeah. That happens all the time, a lot. And this industry is small enough where if you do it, uh, you're done. You're done. You'll be done. Real Ricky, especially with social media now. Ugh. Whole, and the access to Google. Trying to get into the Executive Protection Lifestyle Group, and I got dudes hitting me up, being like, "Yo." watch out for that dude because you know <laughs> like and I have to make a decision like alright cool you know? yeah so I think that's for me that's a that's a huge one can I trust you are you gonna backstab me yeah. are you gonna backstab the there's team there's, 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 are you gonna steal oh let's talk about are you gonna try and steal a client steal the client are you that guy oh man are you that guy and that's I've seen that go bad and because yeah you might get that client maybe and it might last. It might last a year, but well, when that year is up, fickle man, <laughs> and you need work. 
and you got that client and they don't want you anymore and everyone knows what you did, you need to keep your nose clean, man, because it's feast or famine already in this industry. You know what I mean? And so when the industry knows your character and you're the type of guy to be like, you know, when you're working a detail and you're in with the client and you're the flavor of the month and everything's going good, the client loves you and there's buying you gifts and you're flying all over the country with them. And it seems like you guys are inseparable. And he's like, yo, look, you know, so your employer, Byron, you know, like he's cool and stuff, but like, why don't I just bring you in and kind of bring you in house and they start having that conversation you why don't just I just pay you? Why don't I just pay cash? you direct? Because yeah. I'm paying them this much right. a day for you. Right. I can, and you're making how much? Right. Oh, yo, the, the client asks you how much you make, guys. Pro tip: never tell the client what you're being paid by the company <laughs> ever. <laughs> but uh, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to. <laughs> we need to have a whole episode on that. I'm just like what I mean, not. To, yeah. Oh man, we gotta get yeah. Just, I, I, I think that's 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 what that's what sets those guys apart. apart. That's what when I'm, you know, we have a large, we employ a lot of part time people here, mm-hmm. and you know, you you supervise those guys, and it's like, who are the guys that you? What sets the guys apart that you want to bring on full time? Yeah, you know, and it's. It's character. something that's even hard to explain, but the only way I can explain it is it's a personality, it's a social character. Yeah. character. It's, a, it's a social dynamic that's there. You yeah. know? Can I trust you and do you have the mental and emotional resilience to be able to handle what you're about to get? Because it's literally like a weird kind of like marriage relationship kind of deal when you're really working with a client. Mm-hmm. It's, it is legitimately more than a job. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Absolutely. That's what's up. So kind of... Spreading off of that topic, um, you know, okay, you're in now. Maybe you're you're starting to see some cash flow. Chasing the pager or in with one company? No, maybe, maybe you're in with one company and, and you have a good kind of solid full-time job. Yeah. You know, um, you think full-time, you part-time, it. whatever it is. Yeah. What is it that you do? I want to talk about what you do on a daily basis to better yourself. Like what, what does, what does Byron Rogers do every day that adds more value to his brand? Well, that's an interesting one. Um, I'm up at 4am. I'm up at 4am. I gotta be up at 4am because that's my time. That's my time before everyone needs things from me. That's my time before, you know, the wife is up and the dogs and the kids if you got kids um i wake up early to get grounded and get my rituals in that are going to really sustain me for the day you know so i'm up at 4 a.m uh all the other like i'm at the gym by five uh i've done a little bit of social media stuff maybe throwing a post up there because i'm building a brand on that um so that's business stuff to me um i'm at the gym by five i'm in the gym hitting my crushing some steel getting my cardio in 30 minutes of cardio at the end of my workout in, uh, and I'm out of there by like seven 45, uh, seven 45. And then I'm in my, I'm in my Vic. And now listen, when I'm in the gym, I'm not just listening to music. I am listening to like, I have this, uh, motivational, 
So I have a playlist <laughs> that I've been consolidating for probably the last five years of motivational speakers and motivational music. And it is like the most epic paradigm shifting thing I have ever. If ever you want to learn how, like, if you think I have a mindset that's cool, you want to like maybe find out how I got it. Like, yeah, life punched me in the face a lot when I was little, but like, I didn't really have that hard of a childhood compared to most people. This stinking playlist good to go it's on my on my youtube channel scroll down and you'll see it at the bottom moto vids i think it's got like 500 videos i have personally consolidated and it is all people i look up to all people that have what i want in life so i do this because when i get faced with a with a problem in life the average person gets faced with a problem and relative to their experience and relative to their life experience, relative to them, that problem is like huge, probably. They're like, I've never dealt with this before. Well, okay, I have a backdrop of information and experiences of people that have been dealing with higher quality problems and created, you know, Tesla and Tony <laughs> Robbins and I'm listening to these guys and the way they've been problem solving and the types of struggles they've been having. So like for me, when I deal with it, I look at a problem that someone else is like getting canoed over. To me, it's like I've been listening to these guys for the last five years talk about how they're navigating life, how they're dealing with problems. Um, so essentially when I'm in the gym crushing steel and uh, chastening my body and uh, getting after it physically. I'm also getting after it mentally and I'm soaking up the paradigm. I'm downloading these people's, I'm spending time with these people. Rule of fives, you only rise to five, your five closest friends. Well, guess what? I spend a lot of time alone and with people that have what I want in life by listening to their content and downloading their hearts, their minds through the information they put out there. So boom, that's my first, like you see me after I've been, if you, if you run into me at like nine o'clock in the day, I've already like had earth shattering thoughts. My whole world has been flipped upside down by things that I'm learning. Cause I'm always sourcing, looking for new videos too. And just adding to that library or I put it on random. So I'm like, my mind has been expanded. My physical body's been expanded. I've pushed myself to the brink of, you know, I've gotten into the gym and, and ran to the point where I'm like, all right, I went to the fight. The main thing is before I go to the, my, my day where I have to be in an office or in a car or do anything, I go to the fight. I make myself go to the fight in the gym because I actually envision a weaker, a weaker version of myself being crucified. And that's what every single day for me is about is literally about crucifying a weaker version of myself. And sometimes he wins. Sometimes he gets down off that cross and he beats me down and he drowns me with hamburgers and it's horrible. <laughs> you know? And there's, there's a fat version of me chasing me. So I got to get there, you know? So from 4am until about eight o'clock is my time to do personal development stuff and to become the man I need to be in order to answer the call for everyone that's gonna need me all day long to help them with all these little problems they're gonna have. And guess what? It's an honor to be able to solve these problems because it means it comes with the position I'm in. So, you know, my paradigm, the way I'm looking at things, all that stuff, I'm working on all those things, those internal skills. So in terms of physical development, I'm staying fit. I'm staying stronger than the general population. Um, I'd say if there was kind of a chink in my armor, I need to do more hand-to-hand -hand stuff. I need to train more in that department. Um, right now, I rely on strength and like my Marine Corps training and like the little bit of jujitsu and stuff that I've done. But 
really in my career, I've been able to get by on my physical strength primarily and my intelligence with regards to hard targeting and avoiding conflict and my social, huge on social skills, de-escalation and things like that. Uh, default respectful. No, and I want to put out there to with him having said that, this is a guy that I can say, as I know you really well, we're good friends and we work together. Like, I don't know anybody on earth that works more than you do. You technically have <laughs> two full-time jobs plus your company. And you still like I have a lot of Fishing respect for you that you too. and and school. Holy <laughs> shit, I forgot about that. Which your school is the bane of my existence. Anyway. It's a bane of yeah. Nice. I am. Anyway, <laughs> um, but you're you're doing a lot. And another thing that I I respect about you that I see as well is every time I see you, you look good. Yeah, like you kind of have like, like I, I know. Wherever I take you, whoever I'm going to introduce you to, like, there's like, kind of like a, there's like a, like a Byron outfit, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you're going to be in the black pants, yeah. the nice, nice pair of shoes. Yo, shout out to Lululemons. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I rock my Lululemon pants, man. Uh, I got thighs. I yeah. love their pants. And, and nice you know, button so, down. Yeah. But you, you're always clean. You know, you shave your head. Mm-hmm. Your head's always. I've never Every seen you with stubble once in I my life ever. Thing. Yeah, ever you. unless you're like it's on purpose. Like yes, I'm growing a beard. Yeah, yeah. and him in a beard. I hope you can all see this someday. It's go to my Instagram. It's quite. <laughs> um, but you know, whenever I see you, that that's you're you're starting off with that, and I think that's really important, especially for mm-hmm. for younger guys getting into this industry, or maybe you're looking to kind of change your own image, like. They're, you're showing up looking your best yeah. 24-7. I cannot say I do the same. That's I just true. don't. But I'm in a different – You know, I don't work as much as you do. Yeah. I don't work as many hours as you do. I'm in a different season in my life. I've mm-hmm. done that. Mm-hmm. I've done that hard work and I'm kind of like reaping the benefits now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also don't make as much money as you do currently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you want to call us because I don't have two jobs. But – I have one big job and Mm -hmm. that's, that's my responsibility, Mm -hmm. you know, but I, it's, it's that going to the gym. It's that discipline that you have with that, that kind of structure that you lead. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll call you for like a training Mm -hmm. and you're just like, can we go a little later? Cause I know you, you, you want to get that in. And sometimes I can go later, but then other times I'm like, no dude, we got to do this because I have stuff to do as well. And I need to get out. I need to get after it and get out. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it's something I've always respected about you. Something that is definitely sets you apart from definitely other guys we work with, you know, and we'll be in a different country, jet lagged out. Mm -hmm. Maybe we went out too late last night or something like that. And you'll show up and I'm just like, dang, (laughs) scruffy McGuffinson and my tie's crooked. And I'm like, I'm so tired. And then here comes Byron looking all peachy. I'm like, what? And you're like, yeah. And I worked out this morning. I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's no, true. Dang it. I mean, most of that you can Marine Corps. Thanks for that, you know, because once we start all those hygiene things, no matter what we had to maintain, you know, and there's a lot to be said for anytime I leave the house, I am my brand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you see me, you're seeing Byron, you're seeing my brand. And that sense of personal pride is something that has taken me places, you know, and like 
and I've gotten crap from all my dude, a lot of my dude friends, you know, that like, like, you know, they'll be like, do you have to do all that before we leave the house? I'm like, yeah, bro, I do, man, personal pride. And, you know, I'm a black guy, so I always want to make sure I'm bringing that average up, making the black dudes look good. You know what I'm saying? Because there's enough black dudes out there that don't make us look good. And those are the ones they like to put on the news. So, you know, I'm trying to give everyone positive interactions with me because I represent every single culture segment I'm a part of. Um, and also I represent my brand. So there's, that, that's a very deliberate thing, man. I don't go out of the house. I don't even go out of the house in my pajamas. You won't see me. I'm always dressed and ready to do it when I leave the house, you know, and I mean, you know, we all do things differently, but yeah, that is a discipline that I maintain deliberately. Yeah. It's something I've, it's something I've picked up from you, especially working full time with you now mm-hmm. where it's like. Maybe I'm going to throw a nicer shirt on today. Yeah. I mean, as you guys have seen from the last video, I, I dress, I, I have the opportunity <laughs> to dress very right. casual. No I shame got, in the I game. The, the Jordans are, I got the Air Force Ones on right now. <laughs> I, it, it's just, it's, it's. That's the swerve. It's this job that I'm currently in. I can mm-hmm. kind of. Get away with it. We can kind of do what we want. We can, can kind of get away with it. Um, and, and be comfortable. And that's sort of the look of the job too. We don't have to. I mean, every once in a while we gotta throw suits on, but yeah. it's it's rare. But um, this is how we. What, like what about rare. the rest of your like? That's your day, and I know you go into work and stuff like that. But what else are you doing to throughout the week to to better yourself? Um, a week doesn't go by without me going without banging, man. Like, if I'm 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 also gonna be at the range at some point in the week, probably in the course of a month. I'm firing anywhere from six to eight hundred rounds. Um, between hitting the range once or twice during the week and then hitting a match at the end of the week. Dude, you're doing more than that. Yeah. Probably. I guarantee you're doing more. <laughs> you know, probably, yeah. I mean, you know, like I'm I'm making sure that if my hand touches my weapon, it isn't the first time I've done it that week. And I have the level of efficacy, which is ability to to wield that weapon at a level of skill that's gonna limit negative exposure and litigation and anything like that. Uh, to me and my client, I want to be a skilled workman that needed not be ashamed if I ashamed if I can take it back to the King James for you real quick for a second. That is my goal, you know what I mean? Because there's people that are counting on me, you know, to be able to deliver when like literally a very small percentage of individuals can deliver. So, you know, on the weekly, you know, I'm hitting the range. I'm hitting the range too, you know, and then even in the car, I'm resurrecting dead time by listening to audiobooks or you know really listening to audiobooks or talking with you about business or talking like like there isn't a moment honestly in the course of my day when I'm not productive and there almost isn't a moment when I'm not doing two or three different things but you know you have to make sure you use your focus correctly but yo I am very deliberate with my time, very deliberate. And I can do a lot by the grace of God. my dad's like this too. My dad's ridiculously high drive, high fun, like gets a lot of stuff done during the course of the day. Cause I know, Hey, look, we're going to die in 10 minutes. We're spending life together. And like, after this, we're going to die. And that's the reality of life. I don't think a lot of people realize, like, I know what it's like. Cause I've had a near death experience or two, like in Iraq and got blown up and thought it was over. But I'm telling you how long did high school feel? How long did, you know, college feel? Felt like 10 minutes, bro. You're going to be on your deathbed in like 20 minutes and you're going to be like, that was so fast. You look into the eyes of like a 60-year-old, they're going to tell you, I feel like I'm still 30 in here. And life was so fast. So, 
I don't want to be so unwise that I don't leverage that truth during my life. And I love taking advantage of being young and feeling young and having all this vigor and power and ability. And I just, I know that when I'm 40, I'm going to remember when I was 30 and when I'm 50, I'm going to remember. And, and I don't think it's getting any easier. Like I think back to when I was 20, yeah, I was stupider, but like there's a beautiful thing about that phase. So I just, I just try to enjoy every moment and be present with it, you know, cause I know we're dying to do everything we're doing. These moments are going away and they're never coming back. Like we're dying to make this podcast because we can't get this time back ever. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, yeah. and you're dying to listen to it because you can't get the time you're spending listening to this back. So, um, that's, I, I work real deliberately through my life. So in terms of rituals that make me a better agent, I'm studying books all the time. You know, I'm studying all the psychology behind what we're doing, you know, I'm studying uh, social dynamics in books all the time. I'm studying what drives people in books. I'm studying, you know, left of bang and things like that that are giving me an edge. You know, the gift of fear, books like that that are around executive protection. Um, I'm studying uh, just a lot of interpersonal social dynamic books. Like just that that's like kind of my and a lot of pre-thread indicator type stuff. So. There, because with executive protection, we're not direct action. There's so much to it that's intellectual and that's mental. And so, you know, that's the game. That's, 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 that's a real big game, cha game changer. So I'd say in a day, I take care of my physical, mental, um, and spiritual development very deliberately. You know, uh, like every single 24 hour period is its own 24 hour period. So it's like reset and we start from the beginning every single time. And my goal is to be able to lay my head down on my pillow. It's not about climbing the entire mountain in a day, but it's about knowing that I fought well and that I was able to, I was able to assert my will over my day in one way or another. Like there's like four things I had to get done today and I fought valiantly and maybe I didn't get them done, but I fought valiantly and I, maybe I got taken away by like life, the cares of life. Like, oh, so this is going to have a surgery and you got to go do this. You gotta blah, blah, blah. But I know that I fought hard and well enough to respect myself and go to sleep when it's time to go to sleep. And you better believe when I go to bed at 11 o'clock, I know I'm gonna wake up at 4 a.m. around like 10, 9, 10. That next day is already just creeping up and I see it there and I'm like, yo, we got to get this right. We got to get in bed because tomorrow's got a baseball bat. And it never feels good waking up at 4 a.m. Not one time. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. It's lonely and dark. And I've come to love that part. But the first 10 minutes of that experience, every single time is hard. <laughs> you got to want something. You got to want something. I don't know what it is. You got to want it. <laughs> I, um... Break. Um... <laughs> Do you want to ask me? Do you want me to go? Yeah. So that's kind of how I roll with it. That's kind of my flow with it. What would you say your your daily rituals, you know, the lifestyle behind what you do as an executive protection agent? What's your executive protection lifestyle like? I'm going to ask this to everyone who comes on this show. That's a good question. What's your executive protection lifestyle like? You know, mm. the stuff behind the job. Well, I, I, again, my... I don't think there's really one one solid answer. Like I, I don't I don't you know, not everybody can wake up at four AM. Maybe people work night shifts. But yeah. I don't you know, but I I definitely don't spend a lot of time sleeping. And that comes from when I was a kid. 
Mm. Now, at the same time, I've worked with great guys and no great guys that like they love their if sleep. they don't get eight hours, One like you know, our boy, our, our, <laughs> this dude takes naps. Okay, it puts a strain on the relationship. It's just like if, if he wasn't so awesome, I would, I would just not be cool with it. He would yeah. be friends with you. You'd be driving with him, like, oh, we're going to a movie. <laughs> Takes, what are you like, doing, like, man? Like, I'll call him. He'll be at his house taking a nap. I'm like, you're but, taking a nap? But right hey, now, you're taking a nap? Like, like, in the day? One of the best dudes on the job ever. Yeah, I love him. I, I, he's, like, one of the only guys I will recommend for work. Yeah. So, uh, but for me, I, I don't I don't have to sleep a lot. And I don't sleep mm-hmm. a lot. And I'm, I'm kind of a mind racer. Now, some mornings I wake up. And, like, this morning was one of those mornings. Um, I woke up and... You know, I, I I got on the YouTube and I saw a stupid documentary on like, I think it was like a submarine documentary. And I just, I like I intaking, YouTube, man. I love intaking knowledge. Mm-hmm. And it's not always pertaining to what I do for a living. It's just, I just like knowing things and learning yeah. things. Um, but the majority of the mornings I wake up, I wake up fairly early. I'm, I'm more of like a 4.30 to 5.30 guy. Um I, I have an alarm set at 5.30 because I will not sleep past that. Just, yeah. It's ridiculous. I feel crappy. Unless I have some sort of... Sometimes I can tell when my body needs the rest. Like if I come back from... You, you've seen me come back from some trips and you know yeah, it. You'll see it in me. I got bags under my trip, eyes yeah. and I'm stressed and it's I'm just <clears throat> I'm just hammered and wiped out, you know? Mm-hmm. And I do need that, that rest and I just will turn the phone off. But even on those days, it's like a 6, 7 a.m kind of thing and I'm like oh wow yeah. I slept more than four hours last night um, but for me what I'm doing is at least four to five days a week I'm doing some type of combative mm-hmm. and you know I, I sacrifice other things for that I yeah. sacrifice you know would I look better if I just like went to the gym I think I would but for my own personal um just kind of to build my own confidence, mm-hmm. I have to have that combatives training. And when I say combatives, I am not talking about a theory-based martial art. No. I am talking about martial arts. You're upset people, bro. But I am looking, I am talking about martial arts that thanks to the internet and television and the UFC, we know what works and we know what doesn't. Yeah. You know, that was That's the whole premise idea. of it. So because yeah. it worked. I'm Guys not. Are- I'm not saying you have to do what I do, but I'm saying do get into a martial art that you can practice as close to the real thing as possible because it builds, simulated murder. It builds that stress, you know, function. You learn to kind of to to think stressed out. There's right? a lot to be said for inoculating yourself and learning how to think under pressure and stress. Especially like stress of a human being, yeah. and I, have, you know, I think so it's helped me so much because I've been doing, I've been doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu since I was like thirteen years old. Yeah. Um, man, that helped me so much. I'd imagine like, so. Yeah, it just with everything. It was like once I got into shooting, you know, and and utilizing a guy, I was able to just relax, yeah, take in more information than other yeah. people. And I don't think it was because I was such a great shooter. I think it was because I was used to. Thinking under pressure. Being combative and, and, and thinking under pressure. Yeah. Um, when your client's like, hey, solve this Rubik's Cube while you drive me here. And why did you do that thing last Thursday, by the way? Yeah. Your job's on the line. Yeah. Go. So <laughs> for me, those that sport, for me personally, the sport is 
Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, that's where a lot of my priority goes. Not just because I think it's the best, but I like it more. <laughs> you know, um, something I've, I've recently got into in the last uh, four or five years now that I've had the time and then also meeting friends and making relationships is I've gotten into Muay Thai. And, and now that you're in your black belt. And boxing. Too. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, but I've gotten really into Muay Thai and you know, even started to dab into wrestling, working with uh, Mark Munoz over at the former Rain. Now it's called the Training Center. Um, and Rain kinda, sounds so much cooler of a name. I know. Whatever. That's yeah. cool. Anyway, um, I ain't talking crap. And being around Rain was being around those guys was a whole. It was an eye-opening experience. It was a humbling experience. You're getting in there and and you're. You're getting on the mats with guys that are just physical specimens, you know. Yeah. But having said that, like I, I've had the chance to, to train with and roll with, you know, UFC world champions, and, you know, it's it's, it's very humbling. It's like, but it gave me a, it These gives me a level of confidence that if I have that giant, I don't know about you guys, I'm super scared of like. Any Some kind islands. of Pacific Islander, <laughs> yeah, you know. And one of my main training partners is a six foot two, three hundred pound Hawaiian, who's a world champion jujitsu fighter. Yeah, and it's you know, guys are like, why do you always roll with Moku? It's like, hey, if I can handle him, I'm probably gonna be okay against that. You know. That 250 drunk dude who yeah. I know doesn't possess his skill set. And doesn't train. And doesn't train. And, and been stressed to... out really for a while. Exactly. And thinks he's going to knock you off one punch before the fight starts. Yeah. So I do jujitsu because I I like to lose. I like to win. Gotta lose. I like feeling the pressure of another human being putting my hands on another man who's fighting against you. And, and having to outthink him. You know, um, so I love that sport. I think I personally think for executive protection specifically, there is no better training that you can get. Bottom line, there isn't because I've been in situations where I've legally had people come after me, you know, with assault charges. And because I did not strike that person, because I was able to handle him without striking him, um, I, I, Instantly, the officers were like, we're good. And that was that. What do you say to those guys that are listening that are be like, well, I don't want to roll around on the ground with anybody. You know what I mean? Like, I want to get my client. I want to get off the axe. I don't want to be focusing on my ground game. It wasn't It wasn't all rolling around. Like, that guy, I didn't roll around with him. That was all standing up. Now, he ended up on the ground mm -hmm. um, in pain. Yeah. But I didn't have to strike him. Yeah. Which is so it makes sense. And there are just things that work and things that don't work. Mm -hmm. And when you put a mouthpiece in and maybe some padded gloves on, and and can you say you've done that? If you don't own a mouthpiece, <laughs> you, you're not you're not training. Now, having said that, when I started in boxing, I didn't put a mouthpiece in for a very long time. <laughs> it was like, you're not ready for that. Yeah. And then I got into drilling. And then from there, I got into sparring. You know, um, I was very lucky where I had guys that were much, much better than me where, you know, 
they're like not hurting me. They're not injuring nice me. They're, they're like, yeah. you know, every once in a while I might take a good pop or something like yeah, that. But they know they gave it to you with control. Exactly. So I, I've been lucky and it's because I found a legit place. I didn't just, you know, find some ego house. Yeah. You know, I found a place full of real martial artists who, who were all there to learn together yeah. without trying to break each other's, you know, yeah. jaws or noses and such. Um, so... That, that for me is I, I, I box at least once a week, sometimes twice a week. Um, and I do jujitsu at least two to three times a week, usually more like four times a week. And then I, with my current work schedule, I'm usually able to double things up. So in the evening time, um, I'm either hitting the gym and for me doing that combative stuff, I can't do such a hard, like. I've done the CrossFit stuff. I think it's great. I think a lot of people that are like, hey, what kind of workout should I do? It's like, well, what do you do now? And they're not active in any other type of sport or something like that. Yeah. I usually will say like, I think CrossFit's great. Mm. You know, it's it'll build good functional strength. Yeah. Um, it's a good community to be a part of. They're healthy. Um, you know, uh, my wife is is just like, what should I do after I have, I'm having a baby? What should I do after I have a baby? It's like, I think you should get involved in this, you know, yeah. CrossFit, um, because I think right. it, I think it works, but for me it was overtraining. Yeah. So a simple weightlifting exercise, resistance training, I do a push day, a pull day and a legs day. Yeah. Um, and at least once or twice a week, more recently I've started running again. Yeah. I've done triathlons and Ironmans in the past, but I kind of stopped running a while ago mm -hmm. and I don't know why That'd I've sort of found the, that mm -hmm. love for it again. That's and awesome. it's something I do at the end of the day. I have this great area to run by my house. Hmm. Um, and sometimes it happens after the gym. I'll go to the gym, get a good workout in, or get home and you know look at the dog and she's going crazy. And it's like, okay, let's go bust out 30 minutes of running or let's go do five miles or, you know, and then once a week recently, I've tried to, usually on a Sunday, I've been trying to do one long run. And that's more kind of, it sort of resets me for the week. Mm -hmm just kind of blows everything out whatever date night food i had with the wife for something like that it makes yeah. me feel a little better about myself but yeah. i've been trying to get a long run in um on top of that i am shooting at bare minimum once a week no matter what and yeah the majority of that is spent in a competitive aspect i'm, yeah, I'm shooting way. in a competitive manner with either yeah we go to rifle matches every every so often i don't do a lot of rifle matches because well they're expensive yeah they're expensive to shoot they're expensive to do but we're working our pistols all the time but i feel that the pistol work that i do transfers more to the rifle than the rifle transfers to the pistol yeah as far as just weapon you know, manipulation and fun what i can see my eyes and yeah. things like that um but uh Usually, especially now with, you know, the access to the range that we have, now I'm out there at least more like once or twice a week during the week, as well as shooting competitively on, on the weekend, um, on a, which is usually a Saturday for me. Um, and, but if I have to pick one day to shoot, I'm going to that competition, yeah. I'm going to that match. Yeah. And I think it's on the shooting side of thing. I think it's funny that we're still having these conversations about like... You know, competition will get you killed. It's like, I don't even converse with guys about it anymore because I just, because of the guy who's calling me right now. That's funny. Um, I just, uh, okay, 
you know, I'm just going to put it on to guys who, who are better at talking about these things, but I would say maybe go check out, you know, guys like Mike Pannone, uh, you know, your, your buddy, uh, Aaron Baruga, go see what those guys have to say about competitive shooting. If you want to have that argument, go have it with them. Uh, but for me personally, that is my best, my most added value. The 200 plus rounds I get in that match. Yeah. Me, I learn way more about myself. My skill set grows way more. Um, sometimes I do use that match to train. Like if, you know, maybe I'll, I'll, sometimes I go shoot the match with my CCW gun, mm-hmm. you know, but for me, what I get out of that um, has a lot more value out of than just like hitting the range or acting out a tactical scenario. Yeah. I don't, when I go to the range, all I am doing is practicing my marksmanship fundamentals. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Tactics, that's a whole different thing. And that's based upon my job, Situation what, I, what I do. Like you and I today, we're practicing tactics. We didn't have to fire a shot. We didn't have to play dress up. We didn't have to act it out. Mm-hmm. We took our AO and we worked tactics and yeah. we built some new tactics. And after this podcast, we're going to go do it again and do it again and yeah. do it again. So, you know, I would just recommend guys that, you know, I know not everybody has access to, you know, the ranges or maybe the matches that we have here, but the USPSA is a practice score all all over the place. You know, it's very easy to hit their website and find a match in your area. And I would say just, just get out there with, you know, with, with your, your gun and and a simple holster and and a double mag pouch and go have fun. It's so much fun and it's so much fun to get involved in. And I understand that, you know, it's, it's kind of scary. It is scary for the first time, you know, but you will learn so much from it. And especially nowadays, it's something that's respected. Like if you go to a, a boss or a client and you say, I'm a competitive shooter, that that company understand nowadays they know what they that appreciate they know the fact that you're that proficient. You yeah, know? and they know that you're probably at a higher standard than the average you know course guy. Like yeah. all I do is oh well, I take tactical courses you know like four right. times or five times a year. That right. is so not enough that's to further not enough skills for you to really because training is exposure. It's just exposure to skills. It's not. What gives you the efficacy is repetition that gives you the efficacy, the actual ability to master a skill set. These courses are just exposure. And I got that from uh, Shaw, man. Uh, what's his name? But anyways, he, he had a meme up there right here somewhere. Um, uh, his name's not coming to me. But and don't get me yeah, wrong. I think there's stuff to exposure. learn in those courses for no, sure. Like there's things you can take away. But when I go to a course, I'm usually looking for a course that, at least for me and my current proficiency, like I'm a... I'm a, I think I'm master. Yeah, I'm a master class, IPSC or USPSA competitor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm A classified in a few other divisions, but uh, I think with PCC is what took me up to that, which kind of bummed me out. I wanted to do it limited, but you know, I'm and I'm still a student of that, and I'm not as you know aggro as some guys are with it. But I love competing, and I like the competition. But it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely not my life. I yeah. don't really compete for fun. I'd rather go spearfishing, yeah. you know, but I, I do look at competing as a job. I do look at it as this is something I need to do because I know it makes me better and yeah. it prepares me for this, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just through my own personal experiences with it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, 
I look at a tactical course and I, or as a course and I'm looking for something I'm going to learn. So I'm going to pick up some type of tactics from, you know, or I'm looking for a course that is doing something or giving me the opportunity to shoot in an area or with people that I don't have access to all the time, you mm-hmm. know? So, um, you know, one of the courses I went through most recently was with, um, uh, was with Mike Pannon. It was a low light course. I don't have the access to shooting in the dark all the time. Yeah. You know, and so and it's like, we work in venues where the lights get, can get shut off. I've yeah. been in a venue with a client and had the lights shut off. Yeah. So I was like, Ugh. I, I took the course not to, I wasn't going to the course thinking this is going to make me a better shooter. I went to the course going, I am here to work on my low, low light, light skills, yeah. skill set. And I took away a lot of things that I know I can go to the range and like, in practice, and you know, like, practice, yeah. why am I not practicing, you know, strong hand more? What, like, okay, I, I, I saw those weaknesses in the course. I took notes on them. Yeah. And guess what? My next range day is going to be, you know, working on those weaknesses that I right. found for myself in the course. Skills, yeah. So, you know, that, that's, that's pretty much kind of my week in a nutshell. Um, yeah. and, and that's, that's what I do. For me, I think everybody's different. I don't think one of our our friends in this industry does the same, same thing. Kind of thing. I think yeah. everybody's a bit. You know, we have friends that are they're just really into like kind of athletic type workouts and yeah. and CrossFit, and that's really that's kind of all they do. We have some friends that all they do is you know weightlifting and jujitsu. Yeah, and they don't shoot very much. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but they shoot enough and they're proficient and they do get better. Yeah, but I. I will, I can definitely attest to this. There is a massive difference between mm-hmm. the guys that I see that are competing on a regular basis yeah. and the guy, I know guys, we know guys mm-hmm. that shoot like two, three times a week at the range and they're going through thousands and thousands of rounds. And then there's the random guy who shows up to a match with us every weekend, but he puts his underwear hours in Yeah, and it's like, and he's banging you know, is, and it sucks because he's not that cool, but he'll outshoot you. Like, is three guns better than, <laughs> I mean, three guns is so much better than, oh, we have a friend, his name's three guns. And yeah. he's the, he's Mr. Put in the underwear hours. He never goes yeah. to the range because he can't. Yeah. But he puts in his underwear hours, he practices at home and then he comes to matches. And it. Think of how many solid, cool looking dudes we know that three guns will just smoke. He'll hurt them. He'll smoke them. And, he, and it won't look cool when he does it. No. That's the worst part. <laughs> he's like he's our thinker he's our smart guy you know he's not like the cool sexy guy you know but and he'll, but I'd he'll rather smoke have, him but I'd rather have I'll, him on my six yeah, than all those guys have, playing tactical you know you know just on guys. Instagram tactical cool guys no I know it's mm. true and you know what's funny is he did it on 600 rounds a month yeah those guys are going through 600 rounds a day yeah. <laughs> playing dress up so it there's just facts out there that I've seen in my experience where like I see what works and what makes guys better. I see what's made you better. Mm. You know, you yeah. you have surpassed a lot of your peers in a very short amount of time. And I was like, well, what is he doing different? Dude, you're competing. Hanging out with you and the guys like Chris Scahill. <laughs> yeah. You guys have been, you, that's your guys' fault, man. 
That, you know, like you guys, I've been just blessed with a good group of dudes that took me under their wing. Well, and, and I think every Ipsic USPSA me. match right. offers individuals like that. That's like, true. You'll find the guys, and somebody you will come, grab you yeah. and take you under their wing. That they will. just will. That will. And happen. when they do, you just shut up and listen. And listen, and yeah, <laughs> you and you do it for a while, like a couple years, and then you start making your own decisions. Yeah. <laughs> And then next thing you know, you're passing it on to other. So that's other what I've guys. gotten. You see to that do. new guy, and you're like, "All right, dude, check this out." <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, but that, that's that's pretty much my kind of schedule in a nutshell. I do. I think something that's important to talk about as well, and, and I'd like you to dive in on this is is within that. You know, you have to make the time for family. You know, if 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 you're married, if you have kids, there are priorities there. But having said that, then it's your responsibility to find the time to better yourself. Make the time. You know, I, I'm kind of in a way lucky enough to have a wife who is a lawyer works. and works like 40, 50 hours a week. But, you know, no matter what, Friday night doesn't matter unless I'm out of the country. Yeah. If I am, you guys if I am home, we are going, nothing comes in the way of those of that, that of that like date yeah. night that we take and we spend it on us mm-hmm. no matter what you know that you know we have a large event that is hard on me especially every year after that event's over her and i take off for three four days and we yep. go on a vacation we together. did the same thing and we missed it one year and man it hurt it was yeah. like we were like kind of recovering from not doing that or yeah. it's like it, it changed our relationship a little bit so I think it's important to take the time. How do you, what do you do to kind of find the time? Cause you're married. Yep. You've been married a lot longer than me. Yeah. About eight years now. You know, how have you, and, and you've been traveling the world. How do yeah. you, how do you kind of make the family that priority while still leaving that EP lifestyle? Oh man. That's a whole, that's a, that's a, that's like a whole half of, I'm going to touch on it real briefly here, but I'm going to dig into that too, a little bit more in another one. But like really what I do what I've done, what I've done right is I managed expectations coming in the door. You know, uh, a wise man once told me, find your calling, find what you want to do with your life and then find your spouse. If you're lucky enough to do it in that order, because then when they meet you and you're on that path, uh, they understand this about you. They appreciate this about you. And there's they're less likely to try to take you off that path. If you're not that lucky, um, There's a lot of police officers here right now that have been married <laughs> for 20 years and they're like, yeah, bro, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You know, um, and you got to really just kind of prioritize and execute. Like you make time for things that are important to you. Um, and I, you know, let's see, when I was traveling, it was just one of those things that was understood. It was like, this is what I do. This is what you met me when I was doing. And this is what I'm going to be doing. Uh, once I stopped traveling, um, you know, I was still ultra busy chasing the pager everywhere. You know, hey, babe, I got to go. Hey, babe, I got to go. But what I did was I've always been very good at being very deliberate about keeping enough time for her. And I've always been very good at checking her temperature and kind of knowing where she's at when she needs time for me. But like on a weekly basis, we have a date night. We have dates. And 
with everything that I'm doing on a daily basis actually, I spend an hour and a half to two hours on the couch, either working next to her or cuddling her or with her at the end of every single one of my days. So yeah, I'm up from 4 a.m. and I'm getting after it, but around like seven, eight o'clock, like we're aiming to have a movie in or be watching a show by 8.30, 9 o'clock. We don't watch TV because like, the quality of the information there is absolute crap and I'm convinced that most of television makes you dumber but we're literally <laughs> like it's intellectual dessert is pathetic it's, I can't I can't watch TV now like my mind and body is so conditioned to higher quality information that even when I'm at the movies sometimes about an hour and 15 minutes through a movie I have the tendency to be like okay this is low quality information I'm bored I know what's gonna happen I know this will like even if I don't know the storyline I, I actually will check out of movies and be like, these are great special effects, but this isn't intellectually stimulating enough for me. So, uh, man, I wish I could put my phone out right now. Um, but uh, so, you know, at the end of our night, we come together on the couch. Maybe we're, you know, I might still be working on some social media stuff here and there, but I'm next to her. I'm with her. If she expresses in any way that she needs me and my attention, I just stop what I'm doing because for me, the work never stops. It'll be there tomorrow. And I give her my undivided attention and I cuddle and we talk and all that stuff. But on a weekly basis, we're doing something together. Sunday, I'll put in an eight, nine, 10 hour workday. And then the whole last half of the day, that workday starts usually around five or six. So by like, you know, the evening, I'm able to be like, hey babe, wanna go do something? Wanna go do this, that, and the next thing. Um, Saturday, you know, sometimes I can do that. So. On a weekly basis, she's getting at least one night with me. And then in the evenings, I'm trying to spend, you know, one or two hours with her as well. When I have the liberty of doing that. And then when I'm out of town, it carries us because we have that relationship equity already kind of established. Yeah. And for, I can speak a little more to the single guys out there. Um, I'm going to be straight up with you. It is extremely difficult to carry on a relationship yeah. properly working and, and living this lifestyle. It was yeah, I very, I mean, either. I don't even know how I ended up doing it. Like I just stopped. Like <laughs> I, my, well, you were in a great position. Yeah, you worked up to a great position where you, you had that time. Can get away with you it. You know, yeah. I, I just, from what I was doing at the time, it was, it was just basically, I was, I was single until I was 37. Yeah. 37, you know, and then I, but when I met her, I knew I needed to make a change. Yeah, and I was I lucky enough to, to be able to make that change, you know. But um, it, it is hard, guys. But you have to, you know, you have to kind of. You'll figure it out. You, you have to kind of consciously make the decision that yeah. like, okay, I'm going to prioritize and give this person this much time. I'm not going to mess this up. Like, yeah. this is a priority. And I... I I really don't buy the whole there's not enough time in the day kind of stuff. I, especially as a single man. I, <laughs> you knew me. I was working 60-hour work weeks and training for Ironmans. Yeah. So I was able to put in that type of training as well as my EP-centered yeah. training with shooting and such and still train up and compete and be competitive in Ironmans. There's and I am not an athletically gifted individual. You know, so... Yeah. That yeah, was just no, a, yeah. a lot of hard work, and, and it was a it was a priority to me. But having said that, I was able to get the hours in, mm-hmm. you know, and and still hold down girlfriends and still yeah. have relationships, you know. But um, there's enough time for whatever is important enough to you for yeah. you to make time for. Yeah, period. and it's it's really just the only people are like oh is that even mm-hmm. way to live a life? 
yeah, if you love it. Oh yeah. And like, I loved it. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I it, it, you know, it, it just, it was what I, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Yeah. I don't think it defined me, but yeah. it, in a way, it kind of did. Yeah, you know? no, it did. It's a season. It was a beautiful season. Traveling the world, all the, you know, like, even now when I do it, I love it. I love what I do. I love it. I love traveling. I love arriving in a country on a private aircraft with a whole strategy in place to get this thing and make this thing move. Getting into a, a motorcade in some other country. Going to my, you know, awesome hotel in some other country. The, the, the smell of the new, you know, place around the world that you just landed in. All the beautiful, like, new things. Just the being in a new city and all the different looking people yeah. that are all, like, going everywhere. And it's just, and it's just new city feeling or, you know, rolling hills that you haven't seen for a while. I love it. I even love it when I'm in the sky and I go over, you know, and we're, like, up at those altitudes that only private jets go to. Like, above our commercial. I, I, I know it when I'm up there and I literally am like yes this is my domain you know um it's just a beautiful thing it's 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 finding i think you really have to find a more person i have seen guys fall hard in the industry because of their relationships like my wife understands yeah the stress that's on me and it's like i really put it like like I, i was you know, I, I, I've been on some in some high threat environments since being married. You know, mm-hmm. it's not as regular as it was before, but I've been in some high threat environments while I was married. And she just kind of understood, like, you might not hear from me today or tomorrow. And she's just, she's kind of okay with that. And of mm-hmm. course, she doesn't like it. But you, I've seen the guys that they're just sitting there and they're, you know, staring at their phones and they're, they're worried. Oh, my, my wife's freaking well, out. My girlfriend's freaking out. Yeah. This and that. And I'm like, I've, I've walked out. up as the DL, grabbed the dude's phone and been mm-hmm. like, you get in the car and get switched on right now because you're responsible for my life. Yeah. And I need well, you all. And the thing- if this is going to hurt that. D- deal with it back at the hotel, man. You got to yeah. be able to, like, I have my kind of work life and then I have my personal life and I I personally for me I have to separate those two things I can't just like go get in a fight with my girl and then like be cool I can't do that you can yeah I can and that's great time, <laughs> I, I, I it's like hey babe how you doing good good okay but 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 love you click mm-hmm. might talk to you later today yeah you guys yeah you, different, not, you gotta find out what it works just for doesn't you, you know yeah. and if she makes me mad I don't even start that argument I just am like Okay. Because I'm I'm there to do a job. Yeah. And my client could care less what's going on at home. They they don't That's like, not even Oh, you're going to put me in danger because you're having a bad day with your Oh, life. you're going to make a wrong turn because you're stressed out and you're not paying attention. Or you're staring or you at didn't see that guy up. right there? You didn't see that guy, the creeper cuz you you can do a really good job, guys, and all of a sudden there's still that one person in the bookstore when you walk by that you didn't see that like reaches out for your client. You have to be Paying attention to everything. And the thing about this job is, it's really easy to think everything's okay because everything looks okay. <laughs> on the daily, especially if you're doing stuff you do and you on learn. a regular basis. Oh. Like, hey, read a book, left a bag. Yeah. Things are not. They're not always okay. Not they always. seem, you know. And he, I think, with and just kind of talking about that book real quick, I think. I'm going to try to get Yosef on here too. Like what he did, I, I went to his class and. The kind of trainings I go to now are not your like tactical trainings. I just 
don't really do it. Mm. I go to, well, like, okay, we're looking at my wall right now. What do you see? It's like, you see a certificate for training from the department of Homeland security or there's two of them there, you know, and one of them is protective measures. And the other one is, um, counter surveillance detection, you know, that was a four day, five day class. Mm-hmm. That's, How was it that class with you? That's not with me at that one. That was okay. before you, right. you went to that class, but I, and I came to it. Okay. I did it again. Um, you know, and that, the, the left of band, I forgot what he called it. The hunter course or something like that. Pre attack indicators. Pre attack indicators. Course. That was like, I like looked at the guy and like, this is the best training so awesome. ever. And they're like, huh? this is, what we do this is fun for you. I'm like, I've got pages of notes. This is what and we what, do. For me, at least specifically, what he did was he he was able to kind of dictate and explain things that I already knew I was doing and had yeah. been taught by the ones before me. But he was able to articulate it in a way that now I even have a better understanding of what I'm doing. Yeah. And it was a good kind of gut check too. Like, yeah, you need to stay up on this and mm-hmm. here's why. Mm-hmm. You know, so... His book's amazing. Um, Left of Bang is there, that Cadre's book. Yeah. But Yosef Badu is the guy we're talking about. Uh, um, a- look him up on Instagram. I'm going to have him on here probably at some point. Um, but awesome guy. He's a Marine. Yut. So, uh, yeah. I definitely stand behind his, his work. And you should throw stuff. a link. In the bottom of this, down yeah, here, to his book on Amazon, that book on Amazon, because it's one hundred percent. We it's like mandatory. We reading. ended up buying the book for everybody on our team, like we just because it was huge, huge, and everybody came back like, huh? And then now those members of the team have gone on and and taken his courses, which mm-hmm. are not expensive. They're not and expensive, man. You you come to me as a detail <laughs> leader and. That's I see that on your resume. You got the right mindset. I'm gonna know you're on another level than just you know Johnny's tactical, you know, repelling training course mm-hmm. or whatever. You can repel out of a helicopter. Yeah. So before we end the show, we got to get into our favorite segment. Oh, the EDC. Yeah, there you are. EDC. On your phone again. Well, I'm trying to look up Yosef's information so I can give the proper nomenclature on him. But you're gonna dump it right here. I'm I'll put it where you in the notes underneath or something or yeah, criblet. Um. So uh, that's something it's, you want to hear. It's for. time for it's time for your an EDC a show and tell EDC item. Okay, it doesn't have to be an EDC item. I got EDC items for for the first five podcasts. Well, there it is. Boom! Here we go, gents. Oh, dropped you. Hit you with the that, Bose headphones. That thing you, lives around his. You name. may have noticed by now. You don't see me on Instagram. You like almost never see me in any picture without my Bose headphones. Why do I carry my Bose headphones with me? Uh man, we could, there's all kinds of cool stuff we got. This is gonna be good. Hit him with it. Like, Get okay, him with the so, bullet points. Right okay, quick. so well, just with the bows, I'm gonna do one item at a time. The bows are nasty because as I'm swerving, uh, we use a software called Zillow sometimes for communication, uh, which is an application you get on your phone, and it basically turns your phone into a two-way radio. We have. Uh, Bluetooth push to talk devices that we use. 
And so when, and this thing runs on a cellular network. So I've literally been in Israel talking to him back here. He's been in like Texas and talking to me when, you know, we've been on literally other sides of the world and I can literally be like, yo, what's up, bro? You guys going green light? You guys getting in the plane yet? Da, 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 da. Like it's awesome. So we've had great results with it. We really like it. Um, if you're technologically impaired, you might have some issues. I'm just going to set that right there. Now with the headphones. Yeah, but you know what? We have had. I, well, okay, let's let's talk, had, about, we, let's talk about Deputy Dog. Okay, I mean that guy is as salty as it gets. Yeah, fifty-five years old, done, done some of the it. greatest Ellie work that you know. God bless you, Ellie guys out there. I don't know how you do your job. It's I think it's unbelievable. And I respect you guys. I love you guys. And he figured it out. He did. If he can figure it out, yeah. anybody really, can figure it out. Really, if you're a figure it outer, if you're the type of person that figures things out, then you're fine with it. There is the only, so the only, from an operational standpoint, with regards to bringing it in into a team, there's a little bit of a techno, like a technological, like savviness or tech, tech IQ required, like very minimal, very minimal, very minimal. If you can but work an iPhone, you can. I've that. seen guys really struggle with it. And so it can, that's the only gap I'd say if you're about to introduce it to your team. Do some research. Make sure you know how it works and all the ins and outs of it before bringing it to them because they're going to come back to you with their headphones and be like, I don't understand this. It's just going to happen. Anyways, so, but it's really not that complicated. All right. So I keep my Bose headphones with me for a number of different reasons. If I'm doing anything, you know, a snap location I don't understand that a client wants me to go to, I've got the directions in my ear, in my Bose headphones, rather than having to look at my phone all the time while I'm driving, because no one likes that, even though they try to be cool for you, because we both know it's stupid to look at your phone when you drive. So I can literally put the location in, and I can be navving there, and I've got this thing telling me the directions while I'm you know, having a conversation or just shutting up in my client's car. You synchronize that with the watch, the Garmin watch. You can't talk about the watch. <laughs> Okay, one item at a time. Anyways, so the Bose headphones, let's see, what else do I use them for, man? Like, in my EDC, I just always have my Bose because really for the navigation purposes, and there's there's other places that I use them that I, I, that I always, it's a good item to help you look like you're blending in. It beats the heck out of having, you know, the typical surveillance kit falling out of your ear with my actual radio. My Hytera is also Bluetooth. So I also have earbuds for that as well. Um, so one of my, every single time you see me, I will have these Bose headphones in. Uh, you're with a client and you have to, you know, you've got, you've got to make calls while you're moving the client. You got to call, maybe you have to call first responders while you're driving. Uh, maybe you have your guy who's at the drop that you need to communicate with while you're driving. Um, You've got your team that you've got to communicate with while you're driving. Bose headphones. I don't leave home without them. Boom. And almost every time we're on the range together, especially at matches. Yeah. I almost get mad at you because I'm like, fellowship. <laughs> but Byron will have, when he's not, I mean, there's a lot of downtime at matches. Yep. When he is not shooting. Okay. Let's, uh, let's call a spade a spade. You're there for like five hours. And I think my last match, I shot a total of one minute and 12 seconds. Yeah. For me, it was like two minutes, 30 seconds, whatever. You know, so it's like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of downtime there. Yep. Um, and I'll like hit you up. What are you going to do? Like, I'm listening to a book. <laughs> I'm just like. Yes. <laughs> Resurrect dead time. Like, there's a lot of sitting around and waiting in EP. He's listening to a book. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here like jab jocking with, you know, Johnny right. Tack a lot in the corner. Here. Yeah. 
yeah. having an argument about something stupid. stupid. <laughs> I need to be listening to a book too. Yeah, man. Um, I on, kind of on your ADC another option. I use the uh, the Apple AirPods, and these are new for me. Yeah, and I have them in this little stupid case, and I keep them on this, mm-hmm. um, so I don't ever lose them. I've heard really good things about them. those. Nothing these good things about are amazing. Here's why: um, on the Bluetooth, so they're wireless. Um, our entire communications rig here as well as whenever we travel and other teams as well I am able to program my I have a Hytera X I forget the model it's like the it, it looks like a small little cell phone yeah. with a dial pad on the front sweet. so I'm able yeah, to program yeah. it to other frequencies as well everything on that radio is Bluetooth I utilize a Prime PRYME push to talk yep. um, Same not only do I have a push to talk for my radio but I also have a push to talk for the Zillow system on my cell phone, which is what we we use when we just do two-man things. Um, uh, the only downside I've seen to the Zillow is kind of the driving, but we've always been able to get past that. Yeah. It's never really been a problem. The yeah. bottom line is the, the service is unbelievable. Yeah. And I've never... I've had a lot of guys try to argue their way out of the Zillow thing and they could never give me a legitimate reason. What it really boils down to is their own inadequacies <laughs> and their own level of dedication at figuring out that system. Figuring it out. And guess what? If you come work for us. There's doers and there's donters. You're going to figure it out. That's the bottom yeah, line. If you don't out. figure it out, or you're just gonna now not. you're not communicating with anybody. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're that guy. You to me and you're fired. You're that guy. So um, I really like these AirPods uh, for two reasons. Um, one, when I'm in a loud venue or whatnot, they do a pretty good job of sealing up your ears if you want them to. Yeah, the Bose do that too. The other thing is, is I can kind of have them outside of my ear and be able to hear ambient sound and it's fine. The other thing is I run two ears. So I have one earpiece that's hooked up to my radio and like for the job we did a couple weeks ago, we had a three day job together. We were running radio comms which was with a whole nother side of the team, counter surveillance team, um, local, local PDs was on that radio as well as uh, a whole nother security entity of over a hundred people that we needed to have communication with. So we had that, I had that in one Bluetooth here and then this here. Well, if this one dies, which it did that day, I'm able to put it in here. It charges, take out the other one. And there's a microphone on both sides, which is kind of the it's a big deal the big deal because we tried we went through a number of different earbuds yeah I, Sony, I tried the Sony's the I tried the Bose a couple off brand these little ones are like yeah like graveyard of them around here yeah and these were expensive the, the connect somethings the connect yeah, the braggies I think they're called <laughs> um, but something would happen either it wouldn't be able to sync with my comm or my phone right or the microphone was only on one side if you took one ear out it turned everything off um, yeah. that was a big that was Annoying a big deal so thing. these airpods have really answered a lot of those questions for me and they live on me pretty much yeah. everywhere I go the one thing I will say and this is all uh, skin of cat stuff but uh, thing I like about my bows too is I tuck one side in and if I ever, I don't have to worry about like it getting knocked out of my ear. I'm, it's kind of tethered to me. That's one thing that I think is pretty handy. And yeah, like if I go into, when we got into the venue and it was loud, um, boom, I just drop both ears in and it's like surround sound, come communication. Yeah, uh, uh, if we went just one. Guys have argued with us about these getting knocked out in a fight. Yeah. Been in a fight, they don't get knocked out. Uh, 
Having said that, I have a little silicone thing. This is a little silicone case for it. With this case, I got this on Amazon. Um, I bought these little silicone covers that kind of latch into my ear canal. Um, and that definitely keeps them in there. Yeah, cool. Way more solid. Um, my... That wasn't your EDC thing? You no. Got another one? My EDC of the week is not cool. But I think it's really important, especially for all you EP guys out there. And mine's kind of fancy. Um, no it is simply a business card holder. And this is a Prada business card holder that my wife got at some event, some fancy smancy lawyer event. And she gave it to me because she's like, I don't want this. It's rad. I'm like, seriously? Okay, whatever. Okay, I'll, I'll find something to do with it. I'll take a super chicked out Prada right. thing. Uh, in this, I not only have my business card, um, I also have my client's business card in here. Um, as well as uh, I carry my wife's business card in case I meet somebody that would need her services. Mm -hmm. But um, always have a business card. A business card. Always have a card on you. Yeah. Uh, this is what I use because I, with my job, I'm I have to have different cards on me. Yeah, when so. I was with uh, one company for a long time, they had me carry business cards for them as well. Yeah. So I not only had my card from them specifically. I also had a personal business card that was my own. Yeah. So if I'm there representing them, I handed people my business card from them. Don't get caught handing your business card out at the wrong time. Handed the wrong card out at the wrong time. Yeah. Don't be that guy. No. To the <laughs> point where I had other holders like for other different jobs. Yeah, like, okay, yeah, I'm yeah. working with this person. I have this like, yeah. where I'm representing that company. They want, they, I've been with them long enough. I was with a, a big client of theirs. Yeah. They wanted me to have my own business cards. Mm -hmm on behalf of them. So they put my cell number on there and then their office number, their PPO information, et cetera, et cetera. I would hand that out to people as I met them. But I also, I also always had my own. And then the clients I was with a lot of times, you're really kind of acting as an executive assistant in some ways. Yep. And it was nice to always have his cards on me. Oh, and yeah. my current guy, he didn't carry a wallet with, he didn't carry anything. Yeah. And he'll want to get like, we were just in DC. I probably handed out like 20 business cards on his behalf. Yeah. And he was like, I can't believe you have these. I'm like, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Ding. That's why I'm here. Two points. Level yeah. up. Mushroom. Do, 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 do. What is your holder? Ooh, um, that's a little sassy. It's just a little Hugo Boss thingy thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I always have this with me. Now, the thing I'll say about cards is kind of becoming in some ways, it's an interesting thing because in some ways no one really uses them. It's kind of obsolete, but it also, depending on who you're dealing with, the demographics around who you're dealing with, I feel like this is my approach to it. Like showing that you have your business card, especially if you're dealing with the old schoolers, it shows that you have your stuff together, shows that you're prepared, shows some like good character traits. So you want to have a business card. But what I will do is, if uh, we're getting ready to exchange information, I will uh, text them my contact card on my phone. Which gotta have the contact you card. Gotta have a stick. Because your business card, like my business cards are, are PVC, are PVC, so they're hard. They're like a credit card, you know? Like, so I went and spent a little bit of money on them. They got gold, they got foiling on them, royal blue stuff. But so it makes it, yeah, it makes a statement, right? So, which these ones are kind of beat up a little bit, but there you Oof. go. You know, so it makes a statement. Um, 
And people keep them. I've had people call me back and be like, I just kept your card because it was like solid and it felt like good quality. Um, I had a guy give me a metal card once and I... I've always... I've had it to me once too and I was like, one day I'm going to get some cards like this. But I keep my business cards just to be like, hey, I'm squared away. But real quick, I'm just going to text you my contact card. And on my contact card, I'm very deliberate with what's on there. It's got my website. It's got my, um, you know, business info. It's got my you know, uh, email address. It also has for me, because a lot of what I'm building is a brand, depending on the person, sometimes I'll turn my social media stuff on or I'll turn my social media stuff off that I'm sending them. Um, and that automatically lets them put me in their phone with the picture I want in their phone and the contact info I want in their phone. So I, I, that happens instantly. I give them the card. I'll, I even say to them, I'll, here's a card just so you know I'm squared away and I'm just going to text you my contact card real quick. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I think that so you can save me proper in your phone. I yeah. think that that contact card in the phone. Uh, once I learned, like somebody taught me how to yeah. do that. Which for the iPhone guys, just if, right at the if top. If you want to know your contact, button. just press the phone button, hit contacts, and at the very top is going to be your uh, your contact. Yep. So you modify that. Start off at the start off at the A. Jeez, I got so many people in this phone. Uh, I'll show you guys on the video here. Well, I don't want to show my number, but it's just right up top. Whoops. It's right up top here. And, you know, you can put a photo in there. Um, my photos change. It's kind of good. I have like a photo of my dog now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, put, get get that nice business photo everybody wants to wants to see. Mm-hmm. And, um, and put that in there with all your personal contact information. Yeah. That's... Figure out how to do it. If not, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube is where you learn everything to in the world with that trash. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's really all we got for you on this topic. Hit me with any questions. I will respond to them on the podcast. Um, you know who we didn't talk about with our sponsors? A company I think we should mention is Roca. Roca, man. Roca's making a lot of great things right now, man. Yeah. Um, you know they. We originally, so we have a we have a mutual friend who who worked with uh, Oakley for years, and he, you know, a lot of things happened at Oakley recently, and they different owners they're with a whole other company now, and that friend of ours who we trust, um, you know, moved over to Roca and he approached us with some of their stuff. Man, those sunglasses are sick. Yeah, it's they different. Are. They're well priced. Yep. Very high quality. Um, Man, I, I don't know. You like? I love. Them. I love them, dude. If you're on, if you're on our YouTube channel right now, you can see me grabbing a pair of the Aves. If you are, if you're ever on oh, my, just, if you're ever you on look my, better than me. In- <laughs> <laughs> if you're ever on my Instagram, you see me rocking these all the time. I'm an aviators guy. I love their Aves. So yeah, but form and function. You know, the they've got all the ballistic stuff. Um, the the polarization on them is amazing. It, what uh, got me, like, I forgot that I had them on. And yeah, these ones are made out of titanium. And, uh, man, they, they're so light and they fit well. Like, the, yeah. the, I'll let you guys get a closer look at these here. But the, all the details are there. Just, they have like, the details are so dope. These things are just sick. And, I don't look near as good in it as Byron does. Whatever, bro. You look <laughs> You got your thing. Okay. You know. No, even my wife is like, oh, those look better know. on him than you. Yeah, whatever. It's interesting. <laughs> I was like, thanks. Love you.
no podcast would be complete without a word to the sponsors, the folks that give us deals, support us, and make it easier for us to get hooked up with cool stuff, uh, the folks whose brands we already, most of us believe in and we're using long before they even sponsored us, Rogue American Apparel, thanks for what you guys do, Primary Weapon Systems, you guys are awesome, Sidekick Mounts, you guys rock the house as well. We got more sponsors to come because the brand is building to EPL. So you guys tell your friends about us. Visit executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. If you know any anyone who wants to get into the EP industry or is in the EP industry that's not listening to this podcast, get them in the house because you know this is where we're going to be giving information, techniques, tactics, all just stuff for you to think about while you're working uh, on the grind. But anyways, to the sponsors, Rogue American Apparel, Primary Weapon Systems, and Sidekick Mounts, use my code Byron, B-Y-R-O-N, when you're checking out with these guys online for my discount. Right now it's 10%, but if we get more people listening to it and using it, maybe we can get it up a little bit higher. And in order to support this podcast, visit executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. Your donations will contribute directly to the expansion of this work. And all of that is much appreciated, as you guys all know, man. Uh, I'm humbled to be able to do this work. So executiveprotectionlifestyle.com to get hooked into making all of this stuff possible. Boom. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode of Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. This whole entire thing actually just started off as a Facebook group that blew up and is one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing executive protection uh, Facebook group online. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, join the Facebook group. Uh, Follow us on Instagram and check us out at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. If you want to find me, that's Byron Rogers Motivation. And I'm on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. So until the next podcast, y'all, stay sharp out there. And as I say it, one mind, many weapons. Talk soon. Out.